0: Hello everyone, welcome to an episode of Conversation Street with me, Gemma.
1: And me, Michael.
0: What episode is this, Michael? This
1: is episode 496. This is the COVID cast podcast of Conversation Street. <laughs> And
0: That's right. <laughs> We're recording in two separate rooms.
1: I know. I feel um, like a, in our
0: house. I
1: feel like a proper podcaster this week because I think most podcasters don't do it when they're sitting up close to each other on the bed and sharing a microphone. But
0: I think most amateur podcasters do. <laughs> no. I think professional podcasters generally are in the same room because they can afford studios and things. But um. Not We're us, apart.
1: We are apart. And I can actually tell by the sound of your voice, Jim, so you you're sounding a bit over the phony today, so we'll have to apologise in advance to what I listen to. You sound over for... the
0: phony to me, so how about that? <laughs>
1: um yeah, I've got COVID, everybody. Uh if you haven't picked that up on social media or whatever, I've I've well, got you the... haven't
0: been following us at Conversation
1: yes I've, I've got the proper Lurgy and everything. Um, and, and so Gemma and I are having to isolate from each other the opposite end of the house thank goodness we moved house there Gemma
0: I know, I feel very um, privileged actually I was thinking about this today how lucky we are that we can do this not that I think it's going to make much difference because I think I've got it too <laughs> but at the moment um, we've, we've managed to separate the house, house into two halves you've got a bathroom, bedroom, study
2: Hallway. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I've got a, uh, I've got a kitchen, yeah. um, Utility room, bathroom,
1: front room. So I, I can tell, it'll be Kevin, can't I? And go, Gemma, Gemma, make me tea. Gemma, I
0: need my pants.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I need you to wash my pants. I can't, want, can't get to a washing machine.
0: Well, I've been doing all the, all the cooking. I don't
1: think this is very fair. Oh, but, I, um, I'm so this. G-
0: should we quickly tell
1: the story? Yeah, uh, what, what the story of how we got COVID? Well, well, I don't know. I <laughs> d- I, I assume... Technically... mm. Go on. No, I just because I mean, mean I assume I picked it up from from work, but I, I don't know whether I did or not. But um, yeah, I was. I have to do the test. Like I have to do a lateral flow test uh, twice a week just for for my job, and then did it on Tuesday evening, and it's like, oh, there's two lines there, and there's usually one. You brought one. it to
0: me, like, and you just showed it to me. And I, I was said, like... Gemma, look at this. <laughs> you came out of nowhere because you've been you've had a cold you say yeah well yeah since, saying to me since the weekend don't I've, worry don't worry it's not covid
1: no well i i've been i've been feeling like a bit sore throaty and um and sniffly since like friday or so and then when i took the covid test on saturday it was said it was it was negative so it's not like, okay for it it's just a cold which is a bit annoying because i have I've not had much of a cold in the past year and a half It's been lovely. And um, so it it came as a massive shock on Tuesday when those two little red lines showed up. And um, fortunately, I am not feeling too bad on it. I mean, it really it doesn't feel to me much like more than a not so bad cold. It's not even like the worst cold I've ever had. Um, But uh, I feel a bit more tired. But that's also could just be um, a symptom of me lounging around, being lethargic. (laughs) When I've I've just woke, just even now, I've just woken up from having an hour long nap. So I'm, I think I'm you not on top form today.
0: Nice long break.
1: <laughs> I, do, I know I still had some school work to do that I've been getting on with though because um <laughs> things don't run themselves. But I've, I've been trying to take it easy. I'm really, really trying to be good with myself because I've, I've got I've got my ten day isolation period now and um yeah. Well, so you even had uh, you were on the
0: radio last night, weren't
1: you? I was on the radio last night. I, before before we do that, like, I just want to talk say a little bit more about my COVID experience. I just want to get all the sympathy that I can. No, no I'm fine. Um, oh, yeah, because I, I, I then yesterday morning I had to go and get my, my PCR test, didn't I? And, yeah. um So I had to drive down to Southampton Airport, and I've not told you this whole bit of the story, Gemma. I thought you might enjoy um, reacting to, to my idiocy live <laughs> on the podcast. Oh, no.
2: Oh, what! I also didn't tell you
1: this bit of the story because I knew that you you went to go and get your PCR today and I didn't want to make you make you worry about anything so so when when you get it I don't know how many people here have done like a drive-in test or anything but we got to the um the the airport where where you get it done and I drove through and then they said oh yeah you just need you go through there and you park up there and then you you do your test then you 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 flash your lights or whatever to let them know that you're done. I was like, fine, fine, fine. So I just carried on with the flow of traffic and then they kind of paused you somewhere. And I didn't realise that that was the point where I was supposed to be taking my test. I thought that because that was like a long queue of traffic, I thought that we were just waiting to be led to the place where I had to stop and do my test. So I was sitting in this car park space for a little bit and I was waiting to be moved out and, and then I wasn't. And then one of the uh, attendants there kind of sees me and, and gives me a look and like gives me... a a couple of thumbs up and like saying are you right you're right and I was like yeah I'm okay and he's like you ready yeah and then he said, OK, right, you go this way then. So he directs me out. And then I get to the bit just before the bit, which is like the exit from the car park. And I was like, oh, I've not done the test yet. Did you get
0: given the test?
1: I, I was given, yeah, I, I had it popped in through my window. So I had the test so at So you are like, point. oh, I don't
0: need to do anything with this
2: yet. No,
1: I didn't. I thought that they were directing me to the place where I had to take the test. And I was just waiting in the pre Test okay. area. <laughs> so I like, so idea. I was like driving. Oh, okay, along okay, and I, love, yeah. I was yep. d- I was driving along this um this 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 bit of traffic and thinking oh I'm gonna have to go round again or something. So I, <laughs> I opened the window and called out to someone. It's like sorry sorry I've not done the test yet. Uh, what can I do? And then they they made me reverse oh, backwards into a, another dark uh, fucking space. And then I took it there. So it was fine in the end. Although there's no instructions in the test about what you're supposed to do, is there? It's like this little silver. Yeah. Oh, you didn't no, you didn't know. Uh, there's this, there's this little um, silver packet they give you, and it's got the swab and the liquid and everything inside. And I didn't know whether a PCR was, you know, whether you do it exactly the same way as a lateral flow test, or whether it's a little bit different. So when I, after I'd had the shame of um, not being able to follow simple instructions of where to park, I also was like, well, what do I do with this? So I had to do, look at a little YouTube video, but it was okay in the end. So I did my big, did my scary. PCR, and then I got my email last night to say yes, yes, you're definitely positive, and um and that is my COVID story. And then, like you said earlier, then I had to go on the radio on um at like quarter past eleven yesterday evening to speak to Phil Tro um, about Coronation Street and the and the podcast and everything because we agreed about a week ago to do this, hadn't we? Yeah. Um. They they phoned me up. Um. Yeah, I think it was like maybe Tuesday last week, um, saying do I want to come and, and talk to them because they were speaking to podcasters all week this week, and I said yeah, that's fine. We were going to go on together, weren't we? But we we didn't in the end because of the current circumstances. So I had a bit of a chat to fill, and um, we did a quiz, and it wasn't even a Coronation Street quiz. So I, it, I oh, was no. um, very. I it was not get introduced quiz.
0: with the Coronation Street theme
1: tune. No, I didn't. The 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 quiz at the end uh, they, they said there'd be something like this. They would give me three letters, and then they do give me some word definitions, and I had to come up with a word that matched the definition that started with these three letters. So they give me the word A S S, and I I don't know whether to be offended by this. I know, cue schoolboy sniggering. Um well, I, I think I, I did quite still well know, actually, and I still laugh. considering that this is half eleven. On, on on a weeknight, and I had COVID. I thought I did all right, but um, if you if you want to listen to me on the radio, everybody then uh, check out. that if you look on Facebook or, or Twitter, you can, uh, you can you can see the link to it. But it was okay, and that and that's our eventful week so far. So, um, but we've also been watching no. a little bit of Corrie, haven't we? Because it's been um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week, which we forgot to mention on the podcast last week, which is why um, if all goes to plan. We're coming to you all a little bit earlier this week. But, Gemma, speaking of quizzes, you've still got a quiz to give Hang me. Hang on a minute. You. Listen, oh.
0: I haven't even said anything about me. So Gemma, how's your I've week been? i also babe? had a cold, and, uh, uh, the same as you, and I thought you kept saying, oh, it's fine, it's fine, I've just got a cold, it's not COVID, I no, haven't got any of the symptoms, because the main three symptoms in the UK that we want you to worry about are um, temperature, continuous cough, which... Um, you know, bothers you quite a lot. And also, um, what was the other thing? I had um, them all in my head. High temperature, cough, and uh, loss of taste or smell.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: And we haven't got any of those.
1: No, 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 I'm fine. So you me? were
0: all right. And then you took your test and said, oh, no, I'm positive. So I took my, I took a test immediately. And I did four in a row, and I came back negative every time. And since then, in total, I've done about nine or ten, no, 11 tests. Have you really? I
2: didn't 11. know you done that many. Yeah
0: lateral flow test and they've all come back negative but um because you had your positive PCR test I could then get a PCR test myself because I couldn't get one before then because I wasn't in contact with somebody who'd had a PCR positive test and I didn't have any symptoms so I had to wait until you got your positive results so I went to the um
1: you went to the airport day, didn't you?
0: Airport and got mine done this morning so I won't know till tomorrow probably you, we, if, you might get your results it,
1: live on the podcast tonight, Gemma.
0: If I do have it, that means that we can reunite once more, but if I don't, we'll have to be separate until next Friday.
1: Is I it? know, it's very sad. Yeah, I, I miss I you. We, I
0: know, I miss you too. <laughs>
1: we, we we watched Corrie kind, of sim- kind of together, didn't we? It's with like three metres apart you and your half of the house me and my half of the house and the laptop sitting on the uh, on the hall floorway not the most comfortable viewing experience but um... no
0: no it's very difficult to see honestly because it was a bit of a small screen and it was pretty dark i know
1: <laughs> and we and we've had the cat as a go between as well haven't we i
0: know i think she's the carrier she's the play playground
2: yeah, i actually. think she is i think she is <laughs> So, right
0: i've done a quiz for you, Thank you. and i'm gonna to have to rely on you to mark your own answers i've got and i've I got
1: think, my pen and paper here yeah
0: i think that the cor- the listeners at home need to play along so that they can make sure that you are marking yourself correctly because this is unprecedented
1: <laughs> do, okay, do all so, my answers begin with ass?
0: no they don't
1: <laughs> okay
0: unfortunately okay. right go on
1: then what have we got what have we got
0: this is stuff that happened between the eighth and the twelfth of November in Years Ending and one and six and I got this from Coronation Street at dot com. You ready? Mm. So I think I wrote a note to myself because I think that uh, back in the day this was when the um the mannequin episode that Emily Bishop was in oh, a classic. was on. I think that was in nineteen sixty five, so I just want you to make a note of that, Michael.
1: Okay. Mannequin
0: Okay, it's got nothing to do with the quiz I just, um, we've been asked to curate some episodes for an event, haven't we?
1: Oh yes, yeah, so we'll talk about that in the news later
0: I know, but I think that would be a good one to suggest
1: I don't think people would vote for it nobody knows Well, can't we can awesome that it, you can cut if you want to No, no, no Right, go on then, quiz
0: Right, uh, 8th of November 1961 There is a famous standoff between Ina and Elsie But what was it about?
1: Ah, uh, poison pen letter.
0: Correct. Yeah, classic.
1: <laughs> the
0: oh, yeah, same I... episode. What?
1: No, I just—I've got to give myself a tally mark. Go on, go on.
0: Same episode. Annie berates Jack for breaking her plate, mm-hmm. but forgives the real culprit when it's revealed. Who was it?
1: Ah, oh, it was the barmaid, wasn't it? Now, who was the barmaid at the time? Oh, I'm just going to say, uh, I'm going to say Conceptor, but I don't think it was Conceptor. It wasn't. it wasn't. It was Doreen Lostock. Doreen Lostock, okay.
0: Now, this episode is famous for a few reasons, but do you know why, apart from the fact that it was called High Noon and it had a bit of a feud in it?
1: Famous episode for other reasons? Yep. That's a bit, that's a bit vague. Um,
0: well, if you know the answer, it's not vague, is it?
1: Can I have a clue? no no I don't know then you either
0: what? know it or you don't know it
1: I don't, I don't know it
0: um well here you go <laughs> um it's one of three episodes of Coronation Street that was shown on the BBC okay isn't that interesting that is an
1: interesting fact wasn't you need I?
0: to you need to give me a bit more like ooh
2: ooh
0: um including episode 500 and 700 so this episode um in from the 8th of November 1961 was shown in 1992 on the BBC as part of Granada Land, which was a tribute to Grenada Television.
1: Oh, there we go.
0: Now you know, 8th of November 2006. What underwhelming gift does Vera get Jack for his 70th birthday?
1: Oh, I don't know. Oh, I've got COVID. I can't answer any of these questions. <laughs> I don't know what was the what was that Gemma?
0: Socks and pants.
1: Uh.
2: Oh well.
0: Ninth of November two thousand and one. A PA for the pub quiz night mm. inadvertently broadcast Sanita Breaking Up with Who?
1: Two thousand and when? One. I forgot the was even in there Um Um, um it's good. It's is it is it Deb or Kieran?
0: Well, you've that's
2: your answer
1: and it's no. Oh, I don't know. Oh my gosh, okay, rubbish. Who was it?
0: Dougie Ferguson.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot that you met our Dougie for a bit. That was weird. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yeah.
0: Tenth of November two thousand and six. Who signs paperwork officially making them the landlord or landlady of the rovers?
1: Oh my gosh. I'm so rubbish at this today. Um two thousand and six. Uh, 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 <laughs> Steve McDonald?
2: Liz! Oh
1: my gosh, really. okay. I've got one right so far and like five wrong. This is pathetic. I need you here next to me. I need to read that twinkle in your eye. I can't see you. Go on. I
0: know. I feel like, um,. I feel like a radio host because it's like, it's really difficult to get, to chivvy you along here. I I
1: know. If I say something stupid, you can't like nudge me in the ribs or anything. anything. Go on. Next.
0: Next. 10th of November, 2011. Who is diagnosed with cancer?
1: (laughs) I don't know. 2011?
2: He's
0: diagnosed. If I drink something
1: with ice in it, you can hear it. Probably, yeah, I can you hear. hear I can hear a rattling of ice cubes. Um, I I don't know who was diagnosed with cancer in 2011. <gasps> no. Um, <laughs> come on, come on, come on! Is it an obvious one? What's, what are you
0: talking about?
1: Um... Is it? Was it like a big story?
0: Who are you thinking of? I'm
1: not thinking of anybody. My mind's just gone completely blank. It was a, it
0: was it... a pretty big story.
1: Come <sighs> <laughs> on, you tell me.
0: Um. Oh, but Silla, very... Is it Silla? No, oh. no, no. Was she diagnosed
1: with cancer? Did? Yeah, I thought she was, and then she got it. It's getting cancer, didn't she? Come on, who was this it?
0: This was an incredibly pivotal moment in someone else's life. Um no. And this is the that's the biggest clue you're ever gonna get.
1: No. Just tell me. Schmeichel. Oh I was thinking more <laughs> human. Well there you were.
0: It was a trick question. You fell for it. <sighs> okay. Eleventh of November. Am 19- I gonna get any 19-21. of these? Kevin refuses to take on his ex at MVB. What is their name?
1: He refuses to take on his ex boss. I thought you said his ex. Um. Oh. It wasn't um. Was it Mark Casey?
2: yay Yay, a Point
1: again. (laughs) Right. Right. Go on. More. Okay. Okay. Eleventh of
2: November,
1: two thousand and
0: one. After a year of travelling, who returns to the street?
1: What was the date?
0: 11th of November,
2: 2001. I,
0: uh, uh, Michael, you could not to say I donate all of them. So the you're spider. ill. Spider. Yes. Oh,
2: good.
1: Hooray. That's my third point.
0: Okay.
1: How many have we, we got left of
0: One more, this is your last okay. question. Okay. 11th November 2006, Danny Baldwin asks his ex-wife Frankie to marry him, but who is Frankie having an affair with without his knowledge?
1: Jamie Baldwin.
0: Yay! Yay! Who's
1: that? That's her. That's her um, stepson.
0: Mhm.
1: Shocking behaviour. I know
0: it's awful.
1: Well, not as awful as my score on that quiz. I won't. Uh, I got four out of something, but. Anyway, I'll just blame COVID for everything today. Have you got any birthdays well, at coming least
0: up? it shows you're honest.
1: Yes. Yes, it does. I, I got 100% there, actually. Right, who's got a birthday coming up? <laughs> who on the cast can we say happy birthday to in the next week?
0: Okay, these are birthdays between the 13th and the 19th of November. Did I say that? You did
2: say that, yeah.
0: 13th of November, Michael Stark, who played Jerry Morton. Emma Colling, who is Rosie Webster first, Lucy Fallon, who is Bethany Platt. Third, 14th of uh, November Sarah Moffat who played Kelly Thompson 15th of November Amy James Kelly played Maddie Heath and Connie Hyde who is Gina Seddon the second and that's a new entry for our birthday list I didn't have her on there oh 16th of November Eva Pope who played Tanya Pooley and Harry McDermott who played Max Turner I guess that's the first now I think <laughs> it is yeah 17th of November Ernest Waldo played Ivan Chvesky Graham Haberfield, oh, who played Jerry Booth; Lewis Ablett, who played Billy Mallet; and then finally, 19th of November, William Russell, who played Ted Sullivan, and Catherine Kelly, who played Becky McDonald.
1: Brilliant! What a happy good birthday, like of happy everybody! Birthday, happy, birthday, happy birthday! Happy birthday! Right, shall we uh, Shall we go on and do our street talk for the week?
0: I reckon
2: so. Let's
1: do it. <laughs> Okay, it's time for Street Talk this week. And just in case there's anybody here that's listening on YouTube and you haven't heard the beginning bit, Gemma's at the other end of the house. I'm at this end of the house. I've got COVID. She's staying the heck away from me. And she's sounding a little bit bit tinny on the other end of the phone here, aren't you, Gemma? Because you're not next to me. Gemma, say hello again. Hello, hello, hello. So, uh, Hopefully, I'm, I'm just glad that this isn't episode 500 That's coming across like this That's in a month's time Better be over all this by then Gemma, street talk this week So we had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday Coronation Street And it's all over and I, I felt it I quite enjoyed it this week Did you enjoy this week's
0: curry? Yeah, it was pretty
1: good, wasn't it? It was pretty dramatic. It was, it was dramatic, and there um, the, lots of lots of the youth this week, wasn't there? We had we had Kelly, we had Summer, we had RD kind of all taking centre stage. Sam as well, though he didn't have a whole lot to say. Although, tell you what, he did. <laughs>
0: they did a cracking job.
1: Tell you who did have a lot to say this week, Elsie. But oh, that Elsie couldn't shut her up this week, could we? Yes, this. <laughs> yes, that. <laughs> yes, the other. <laughs> I
2: know.
1: Chat What was difficult this week, this is one of the hardest weeks ever for me to separate what went on into separate stories because there was a heck of a lot of overlapping, wasn't there? With, um,
0: yeah, they seem
1: to be yeah. especially Kelly was kind of in her "I'm released out of prison" story, but then also she get wound up in in what was going on with Ardy, and then Ardy was also he had his own problems, but also he was going out with Summer, so that was kind of that story with her and Daniel. So everything's all mixed up at the beginning, but I've tried to separate it out. Um, I've called I've called the story where Kelly gets out of prison "Trouble Free" because that that Kelly Nealon, she's trouble, isn't she? And now but
0: she's free
1: And now she's free. We've also we then, we'll then do the Mardi Ardi story, but I also do you like my other um, storyline title of that I've, that I've got here? It's an odd knock life because
2: <laughs> he's having a hard time
1: of it at the moment, isn't he? Um, so I'll call it the Summer and Daniel story. I'll call it Summer Crush, and I don't know whether that's anything, but it sounds like a nice tropical drink and uh, yeah. so that's what, what we're going to talk about next. Then we'll get back to the Tashes to Ashes, the Dan Sath where um, Danny is going down to London and um, thank goodness that didn't go any further than Monday's episode. Uh, We've got a new Corrie couple in town, Gemma. We've got Tyrone and Isla. Couple name, Tyler. And then finally, (laughs) we have got a little bit of the Johnny Goner story um, in preparation for next week's or the week after a funeral. I don't know. But I'm glad at least that Natasha's not the only one who's getting a proper send-off and we'll be able to say a proper goodbye to Johnny next week. So... um, Shall shall I do the trouble free story then? Um, go talk on about man. the release of your. I thought you um you want to. Oh, I, I don't mind. I, I, you you can go first if you want to.
2: No, go no. on.
1: Fine. Right, okay. So, um, this is so weird doing a podcast without having you next to me. Just in, interrupt me if you need to with anything.
2: Okay.
1: So,
0: I don't really like this. I don't think we should keep this up.
1: <laughs> I don't think we should keep this up. I think we should probably. Not have COVID anymore, and then be sitting next to each other. Well, I think well. it's quite likely
0: that I've got COVID, so that's not going to work out well, is it?
1: I think next week's podcast might possibly be like this again. I don't know. Right. So what we got? We got Monday. Then Imran's there, been a great dad with Elsa. We got to see a lot of um, Imran and Toya on Monday, which was lovely. I never know whether we're going to have seen the last of Elsa. So when she popped up on the screen on Monday, that was a pleasant surprise. And he's um, he's there. Was he playing with his castle with, the castle with her or something? I don't know. He's been a he's been a lovely dad um, yeah
0: he was being a, um, a hashtag great dad
1: he was wasn't he cool dad um, it's Kelly's plea no, hearing. he wasn't
0: being a cool dad a cool dad would be like Elsie do you want a beer <laughs> yes be says like, Elsie yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's Kelly's plea plea hearing later today. And so he's kind of speaking with Elsie But before he goes to that. And he tries to have a bit of a conversation with Toya about it, but she's still being incredibly cold with him after the whole affair thing. Um, But she does at least tell Imran to give Kelly uh, a, a loving hello from her. So Imran Imran kind of bogs off, goes into the cafe with Adam for a little bit. He tells him that he's a bit worried about how this is going to go. And he also um, says, look, I'm also worried because as soon as Elsie's gone home, I'm getting the old heave-ho toys kicking me out. And Adam says, oh, don't worry about it. Uh, You know what these women say. You're going to be all right. You're going to be fine. So um, we've also cut to Abby and Kevin and Abby saying, I promise that I won't do anything stupid when Kelly comes out of prison. I don't know whether I believe Abby on that one. Um, we uh, we have a phone call from Abby, uh, sorry, a phone call um, to Imran from whoever saying that Corey has pleaded guilty. Hooray! We saw, him, was it last week that he was arrested?
0: <laughs> I don't
1: know. I didn't know I was gonna have a quiz. No, I know. This is. Do you not allowed to switch off when I'm doing this? You got to make sure you pay. I'm for... not switching off. I, you know, I've got a
0: bad memory, and I. I think it was last week's over. I can't remember what happened. I think it was and last also, week that Corey. The yeah. fact that this week was like three days in a row completely oh, throwing no, me off. Of
1: no, totally. no, well, not only has Corey pleaded guilty, but he's also said that um, uh, Seb's death was nothing at all to do with Kelly. And now uh, I don't know whether everybody would be in complete agreement with that. Nor indeed, do I? Would I think that no. Corey himself would necessarily think that? I didn't think,
0: think you'd that. say that. I, I thought that was
1: a bit of crock, really. Yeah. Don't I, you? Coronation Street really, 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 really wants us to forgive Kelly, don't we? Don't they? Nope.
0: Never.
1: <laughs> if they're saying, if Corey's saying that it wasn't anything to do with her, then it couldn't possibly have been anything to do with her. But anyway, the um,
0: only person who's worse on the street as a human being. Dan
1: Kelly is Tim. We've got a very strange view of some of these characters, haven't we? So anyway, I think
0: think you're being generous. I think it's just me.
1: Abby's, Abby's can't believe it. She's really chuffed. Um, Imran's confirmed that Corey's going to get a life sentence. Although for him, that could like be as little as 14 years because life sentence doesn't necessarily mean life. Abby's pretty miffed about that, but you know, at least he's going down for a good old stretch of time. Um, Later on in runs with um with Kelly and he's telling her that Corey's confessed. She's completely overwhelmed with this news because as far as she was concerned up until this point, she was, you know, gonna be in prison for the next what fifteen years or so. Um Kevin is starting to get a little bit worried about where Abby is later, and Debbie comes round and says, Right, don't worry about that. You need to get yourself home quickly tonight. There's something special going on. Um, And then we have, we cut to Abby in the ginnel and she's organising something. It sounds like she's being a bit shady, doesn't it? She's a, I think at the, because of what, um, you know, the general tone of the episode up to that point, I think we knew that Abby was not up to something dodgy, but she was saying, oh yeah, is it going to be ready later? Blah. blah, blah. So what, what has she got up her sleeve? We'll find out in a minute. Um, We then go to the court. Imran's wigged up again um, in his favourite attire, telling the judge, basically, Kelly's awesome. Um, Her her conviction was a grave and shameful miscarriage of justice, and he wants her released with immediate effect. And then we we see that prosecutor there as well. He's pretty much agreeing. He says, look, we haven't got any evidence to say that it was joint enterprise. So, um, yeah, you probably should let her go, actually. And she does. (laughs) This
0: is the thing. This is so annoying. This is, like, such a... I think this is a miscarriage of justice, and it just goes to show you how um how courts work really because if you're tried for a certain crime but there's not enough evidence to say that you did it, you can get away with it so if they had tried Kelly on assault or GbH or whatever the technical term is on um say Nina or seb they might they might have been able to to get the jury to agree I know that she was involved but because it was such a high standard of um you know such a high cri- such a high level of crime mm. and because it all relied on cory's evidence once he fell like a domino the whole thing collapsed
2: yeah
1: utterly utterly and um and it, and it worked because she's free isn't she Judge comes back, mm. parum freedom for Kelly Nealon! hooray! And mm. um, <laughs> she goes, she goes out to the the um, the the centre. What's it called? The detention centre or whatever. And you're, and that friend that I thought was going to be a bit of a bigger character, but has only managed to have about three or four yeah. scenes. Um, the one whose family was terrorised by Rick Nealon like a few years ago. Kelly goes to say goodbye to her, and she just kind of gets almost blanked by her. But she says, "Oh." When you get out, people find out why you're inside. Your life's going to be over. Mud sticks, remember? And Kelly has a bit of a lip wobble <laughs> I
0: know, I and then leaves. I thought this was kind of weird because I was really expecting some kind of weird, like disney-fied reconciliation between the two, where you know the girl's
2: like, oh, you know,
0: we can't, we can't, just do a child by the sins of the father, and
2: all this kind of. Well, when when like, I just creepy.
1: thought that I just thought that Kelly would have a prison story. But she's she's been quite quiet, hasn't she? We've not really seen much of what's been going on in there. I can do
0: without another prison story. I feel like I feel like if Coronation Street characters have been away from the street, they've either been in hospital or in prison
1: or in Thailand. The last few years. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. No, I, I, it just felt like uh, it was an interesting angle to have her locked up with somebody who had been at the receiving end of her dad's. Um, Lone sharkery, but they they didn't really end up doing anything with it at the end. But it, I suppose, it was just to 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 make us expect that things weren't going to be a bed of roses for her when she gets out, which they weren't.
0: No, indeed.
1: No, indeed, indeed. So Imran gets home meanwhile. No, indeed he, did. he Imran's massive smiles all over his face. Toya says, well done, this is all thanks to you, you worked jolly hard on this, good job. Then the social worker comes round and she says, oh I've just heard from Kelly, she wants to move back in with you, and Toya and him are say, yeah, brilliant, of course you can come back with us, but turns out it's not as simple as that, because they're going to have to have their approval changed for two children, so they're fostering... Um, little contract thing says they're only allowed to have one child and also elsie's got a bit of a complicated background turns out that she can only stay with one child so is this like when you adopt uh, like a cat or a dog from the i
0: was literally thinking about this earlier i was like (laughs) oh it reminds me of when i'm looking through like if i go on like the blue cross whatever it's like this dog cannot be home with cats and you just know the reason that this dog cannot be home with cats is because the, the dog will just kill all the cats and rip their throats out. <laughs> so I can only assume that there's a similar issue with Elsie and um, and Kelly where you just know that Elsie's been murdering all of her foster brothers and sisters.
1: I know, I'm really interested. I quiet. I mean... That She was described as having been physically and mentally abused. She was a, a defenseless four-year-old who's been physically and mentally abused. So it, it feels like see, she has had a bit of a rough background, but you, you never know. Maybe. I know. Maybe she's snapped. It,
0: it was... <laughs> Tell you silly, what, obviously, what, there's a lot of horrible, traumatic things that could have happened to this poor child.
1: Can you just imagine Kelly going back to live with her and then, like, waking up in the middle of the night one day with uh, with Elsie there with a shiv or something at her throat?
0: Standing over again, do you want to play with my castle? <laughs> oh, you can't. Get
1: your hands up, my heffalump. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they can't both stay there at the same time, it turns out. And um, Toya says... Dilemma! Oh, hmm? Dilemma. yeah it was a dilemma it totally was a dilemma um so she she'll have to review the situation Toya tells Imran right well, we're gonna to have to choose then how on earth are we gonna decide whether to have Kelly or Elsie and they kind of weigh up the pros and cons of it and, um I guess we'll come back to this later but it, it seemed like the the that the choice was fairly obvious but um I suppose as a viewer it, you, you could I don't agree.
0: think so I mean uh, if you're if you're um Imran and Toya I don't see if no. you've if you've kind of made a commitment to these children to look after them and be the advocates, you know, how on earth do you decide? But yeah. well, obviously in real life you just go, Sorry, Kelly
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're nearly old Sorry, enough Kelly, now to look you're after a bit yourself.
0: Of a
1: and you can probably just get a job down boots, so bye. <laughs> Imran says, "Well, you know, we, we were going to kind of split up, weren't we? So what if we have a kid each, and maybe Kelly stays with you in a supportive, stable, and loving home, and does then he really I take that? Elsie? Yeah, he does. He he suggests that he take That's Elsie, obvious. and she takes That's Kelly. That
2: way.
1: Yeah." And um, so that's a a possibility. So remember earlier we said that there's something going down with the Websters. Well, this is where we cut to what's happening there. Abby um, gives Jack a letter saying that she's applying to adopt him. Monday's episode was full of um, very heartfelt, lip wobbly, ah, that's quite cute moments, wasn't it?
0: I honestly thought that Monday's episode, if you had a theme for it, it would be called something like you don't have to birth them to be their parent, you know?
1: That was the thing for this week, wasn't it? Was of sleep, like, wasn't it? Unorth-
0: unorthodox family units, which I really appreciate as somebody who obviously doesn't have any children, but would still really like to call myself part of people's families, even if I'm not biologically related to them. So the yeah. idea that um, you can end up with with a family because you care enough about, about people. Um, and then... Um, Max, no, what was it? Uh, Jack, sorry, says, um, Abby, can I call you mum? That was so cute.
1: That was, you know, we we talked last week about me having no empathy for anything and not not crying at sad things. But there were a few moments on today's episode, including that, that made me go, oh, that's so sweet. And I'm not even a massive Jack fan, but that was a lovely, lovely moment. And I um, I didn't feel
0: manipulated or, um, you know led about, I felt like it was all quite I I don't know, it wasn't really subtle, was it? But it didn't feel like schmaltzy or No, paper. no, it
1: didn't. It didn't. It was I think I think they played that just right in a you know, mm-hmm. Sally Carmen's Amazing anyway, so that so her reaction of um oh I'm being accepted by this little boy was uh, was just spot on as well. So And Lovely isn't it interesting
0: stuff? also to see the difference between how Abby relates to Jack versus um Uh, Leanne and Sam. How do you mean? Well, because they're both little boys that need a mum. Yeah. And the thing is, I think Sam's needs are a lot greater and Leanne's emotional tank is depleted. So it's a bit more of a fraught situation, Mm. whereas Abby... I don't know. She just—it just feels like a more natural kind of a.
1: Well, she's falling like over we, herself to Mother Jack, isn't she? And she.
0: It feels redemption, like redemption for, for Abby to have Jack want her to be her, his mum. Yeah. Because she, it kind of feels like she. It feels almost as though Seb and the sub- siblings kind of mutually rejected, along with Abby, the idea that she was their mum. Mm. Like she rejected them, and they rejected her. Yeah. So, this is kind of like, uh, you know,
2: fourth
1: time lucky.
0: Uh, <laughs> is that what it is?
1: The, the, the only it's difficult.
0: no sort of like redemption for, for Abby to, to have someone choose her to be their mum. Yeah, Because
2: yeah. she's
0: lost three children and now she's gained a, a son who's a bit a bit crap, but...
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: it's, just a shame that this whole Abby and Imran thing, which, again, didn't get mentioned at all this week, did it? That's still lingering there, just waiting to to blow up this lovely
0: family unit. It really feels like they need to do something serious to make this payoff worth the while for all the derailing it's done for the lovely, charming moments that we've had that have been slightly... Tarnished
1: by the knowledge That there's trouble afoot Yeah I know, well oh, don't say foot, it's, um, it's insensitive to Jack Sorry
0: Jack
1: <laughs> So Kelly's out later, she sees Simon on the street Which there was A, a, a slight bit of romantic chemistry Between wasn't there uh, and, and I think Sir Simon at one point in the week Is telling somebody no no I don't fancy Kelly So I don't know whether anything is going to happen there But anyway, she... no way, can
0: I just say what? In real life Coronation street, better not do, do anything with
1: Kelly. She would not fancy Simon. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what Kelly would do at the moment because Corrie is really really trying to make us like her. So anyway,
0: what has Simon got going for
1: him? <laughs> He's a barlow.
0: <laughs>
1: she does. She realises that that is the family that you need to get in if you want to uh, if you want a position on this street for life.
0: If you want to really get yourself in. Involved in Coronation Street as a legacy character, you don't just need to date a Barlow. You need to shag a Barlow and have a barlo You need
1: child. to have a, You need to bonk a Barlow. She she tells <laughs> she tells him that um she's going to be staying with Imran and Toya now, and then she sees Nina and goes over to apologise to her. Mistake. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Nina Nina bites her head right off, which which is in, in keeping, almost like um Ozzy Osbourne with a with a bat
2: yep
1: <laughs> she has clearly no forgiveness from nina and um and, and she's saying look this didn't randomly happen because i think kelly's like oh, she, i think she tries to blame it on you know random circumstance that sev got brutally kicked to death and nina says no you made it happen you selfish cow and uh, nina uh, kelly kind of goes scurrying off and uh, with maybe maybe she'll try again later on that one Goes back up to a Toya and Imran's flat. Toya's toy there filling her in about the Elsie situation. Also breaks the news to her that her and Imran have split up. Sad times. And um, she, she 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 tells her everything, doesn't she, Toya? Everything that she knows. Because Kelly then gets pretty mad at Imran. But also kind of blames herself and the trial for causing it. And she says, oh, if I hadn't been on trial, then Imran wouldn't have been upset the evening of the verdict. And he wouldn't have gone off and uh, found solace between the legs of another woman but she she says do you still love him and Toya says it's not just about that it's about the trust and Kelly says look he is a lovely decent man and there aren't many like him ran around even though he let you down um he would do anything to make it up to you and she says uh because he gave me a second chance why can't you do the same for him so um this kind of gets Toya thinking and um we we then have a couple of scenes of Kelly kind of integrating herself back into the family unit, having a, having a play with Elsie. This is when Elsie has her, her debut word on Coronation Street. It seems like Kelly's having a brilliant time being a big sister, which she's never got to be before. Um, and then we see her speaking to the social worker later um, who, who's asking about the Elsie situation. And then this is where she realises that she can't stay there with her and knows, and knows the situation that she's put Imran and Toya in by coming back in the middle of adopting Elsie not adopting uh, fostering Elsie and she she just kind of starts to realise that um, she's not just she can't just swan out of prison and then go back to her old life as as if nothing's happened because Toya and Imran in a way have moved on, everybody hates around here so she makes her decision to to move on herself later on Imran gets the news over the phone that Kelly's decided not to come back Toya admits to him that she told Kelly about what he's done and also that she's finding it very difficult to hate Imran right now. And I I know the feeling, Toya. She says, you're a lovely man. And Imran like jumps at this chance. Take me back, take me back, please. And she says, well, I will as long as, hashtag, no more secrets, Imran. Oh, no, you
0: (laughs) said it. What am I going to do now? If there's
1: anything else, Imran, you need to tell me. Tell me now. Literally, don't keep any no. more secrets. And, and Imran's nothing. like,
0: No, something
1: definitely, else. definitely nothing else that you need to know right now, Toya. You
2: bloody idiot, Imran. like, now.
0: I can see there's something in his head, but I think it's just too scared to tell me he doesn't like floral prints. <laughs> and to be honest, I wouldn't
1: want to hear that from him right now <laughs> oh gosh what you like um then we end the episode with uh, kelly turning up this uh accommodation that she's she's gonna be staying at and um it's the place where she was before wasn't it i i kind of i missed that exactly how does she know is it, is it sheltered accommodation for scallies or something i don't know because she's got her friend cole there hasn't she and when she gets there it looks like somebody has scrawled murderer or in in red graffiti over the her bedroom wall so um they obviously knew that she was coming and it looks like she's not going to be having the greatest time there tuesday's episode starts off with toy wondering about how kelly's getting on and then runs like oh i'm sure she's fine well actually she's not that great she's scrubbing her graffiti off and um but at least she does seem to have this this cold bloke who's her friend. Meanwhile, we got Nina going over to um, number seven to go and see Asher. She's very upset. She's she's, she's crying a little heart out because this ring that Seb gave her his fifty p ring or whatever it was um, she's gone missing somewhere, and she still doesn't find it by the end of the week, does she? Okay. No, I think it's gone for good. Uh, that, that little heart one. Um, Imran yeah, also, one. yeah, 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 Imran, she should have looked after it better, really. It was fairly big, wasn't it? I was her?
0: thinking you, sh- like, wouldn't, I wouldn't wear it, or I'd put it on a, I'd
1: put it on a necklace, but. I see, I don't yeah, know how, I don't, expensive. I don't know how much she does wear it, because it doesn't really match her, the rest of her attire, does it? So, I'm, I'm going to <laughs> yeah. say, say it's her own fault. Imran, sees I right. it's her own fault. Yeah, she needs to get it resized anyway if it's a bit big to make it properly Imran sees Kelly later and she's upset and she says look I don't need to live in this he says look you don't need to live in this accommodation if you don't want to and she says no fine I need to stand up my own two feet for a bit um, and she notices this missing ring poster outside of Devs I think and, and starts to phone someone she's got a plan we don't get to find out what that plan is until two more breaks later so about half an hour later on the show um, she brings up Uh, Kelly brings this ring back to Nina in the cafe and Nina immediately knows it's not the same ring kicks off at her it turns out that Kelly has been to York to the place where the ring came from originally she's found a replacement she tried to pass it off as the original one Nina does not want anything to do with it throws it back in her face and then has a good old moan to Roy about Kelly later and Roy says look you might have um, she, she, Kelly might have misjudged what the best thing to do here was, but it does seem like it came from a place of remorse. It looks like her heart's in the right place and she wants to rebuild some bridges here. She's a 16-year-old girl with terrible parents. Who, <laughs> she recently tried to take her own life. Maybe we should cut her a little bit of slack here. And I think maybe we should pause it there because that's when Kelly starts to get mixed up in the Ardy story, isn't it? And, uh, which we get onto in a little bit. So um, w- with that bit in mind, Gemma, um, how are you feeling about uh, the, the sweet release of Kelly <laughs> Nealon this week?
2: Boo!
1: <laughs> this is... I, I, I've been glad to see that there has been some debate about this online. It, it isn't just... Not everybody is you know bend, is rolling over and, and accepting it, are they, in, in the Cory fan community?
0: It just kind of annoys me the way that... Um we've got this very simplistic story about an, a hero and a villain almost, or like a victim and a, and a perpetrator, where Kelly is also as much of a victim as Seb in, in a kind of perverse way. I just don't buy it. I just don't think she's really apologised or felt remorse. The main sticking point with her seems to be that she's upset that everyone's mad at her about it.
1: I'm glad that she isn't just walking out and everybody is forgiving her. I mean, that that scene with Nina was absolutely fantastic on the Monday yeah. episode, wasn't it? When she walked over to her and, and I was half expecting Nina to say, OK, I don't want, maybe maybe it wasn't you. OK, it was Corey. Um, you know, I, I don't think we're going to be best friends or anything, but OK, I forgive you. But she <laughs> Kelly just couldn't get near and, and, and Nina absolutely giving her what she deserved, I think.
0: Yeah, you know, I think so. I I think I, I wouldn't forgive her if I was Nina. I think she she's not the thing is, she's gone to prison or wherever she went, whatever it's called, for a crime she didn't actually commit, which was murdering Seb. Yeah. And she didn't do that. Um but she did other things and she hasn't been punished for them. And so I feel like there's definitely been a miscarriage of justice here, and i I just don't buy it's a mis- it's a mistake. I think she's made so many mistakes that have impacted other people's lives in really horrible negative ways. And let's face it honestly. Don't, like, this week we've realised that Dev's still paying money out to keep this video...
1: Yeah, that, pressure. that, literally, that got brought up, didn't it? That, that... Yeah. The, and that is definitely still, Kelly's fault. I know, uh, and see... Corey. Huh? That, that's another thing. It's Kelly and Corey's fault that Dev is having to shell out to keep these videos offline, isn't it?
0: Well, let's remind everybody. So, Asha did a video for Corey that she believed was a private video he wasn't recording, He securely recorded that video, but then Kelly found it and shared it on a chat and then somebody else uploaded it to the internet. So there's a chain of custody here that involves some very serious mistakes. But I honestly would say that Kelly taking that private video and putting it on the internet was a really horrible thing to do. I mean, she is distributing child pornography on the internet. Um, She's never got in trouble for that, as far as I can tell. It's another example. She hasn't learned from her mistake. Has she learned from what happened with Seb? I don't know, because I don't think she's really been confronted with it. She's sad. She's sorry it happened. But really, she's sorry that that Corey killed Seb. She's not sorry for what she did. Mm. I just don't think she's taken ownership of of what she actually has done.
1: But I don't know whether... I don't know whether Coronation Street is just trying to deflect all responsibility. No, gonna, like,
0: honestly, I believe they're going to brush her under the carpet, and we're going to have to all just get over the fact that you know she's.
1: But at least, at least... everybody's
0: done. Everybody's done stupid things when they're a teenage teenager, um, but some of them are such bad mistakes and really terrible judgments of the situation that I just. You know, it's difficult to see yourself accidentally stumbling into, you know, the scene of a murder. Mm. It's difficult to see myself accidentally stumbling into distributing pornography of an an underage girl on the internet. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, making mistakes is texting somebody about them, saying that you don't want to talk to them anymore. Or, you know, being overheard bitching about somebody. Or, I don't know, taking drugs. Or Mm. driving too fast. Or... You know, not not being at the scene of a murder and then leaving someone to die, who then actually did die because you were too scared.
1: I know. I'm sorry. I, I, just, I, I, I would say cons- by
0: Kelly, is uh, honestly, I think everybody also needs to think about if you're sympathetic to Kelly, and you know, fine if you are, but if it was somebody else, if it was you know a big hulking, uh, great big boy. Would you be as sympathetic as you are if it was a, a, you know, who it is, which is a, a little blonde, cute girl? Mm. I honestly think she's getting by on her looks. I, i
1: I've, I would consider myself generally to be a quite forgiving person, and I don't think I hold grudges particularly. Um,
0: <laughs> I, 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 Good job for me.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I definitely do forgive people, but he, but in this situation, it just, you're right, it doesn't feel like she. She's, she's done enough to earn it um, and, and yes she's been through a rotten time these past six months but at the end of the day she she was still there when Seb was getting kicked to death I think that the way it was edited where there were like a good seven or eight kicks and she wasn't doing anything to stop him and, and when we saw the flashback it didn't necessarily line up timing wise exactly with the original attack either so I, I don't know how much she could have stopped him or said no or anything we heard the laughter but that was it um and, and and yeah like you said she she didn't she didn't ring for any help and and yes she was worried about it but th- this is really serious and and I'm glad that coronation street aren't just making everybody automatically forgive her but I just you just get the feeling that you know at the end of this little block of storytelling people are going to be like okay then we will, as a community, Weatherfield forgives you now, and and that will be it. And she'll maybe get a few episodes worth of oh, everybody hates me, or maybe she'll, she's she's going to do some grand gesture that will make everyone say oh, you know that Kelly, she just um, she just pulled Ruby out of the road when she was about to get hit by a car or something. Isn't she a great girl? You know, I I, I don't know. I don't know whether I think it. She's going to eventually get away with it because Coronation Street wants her to become a. Becky McDonald kind of figure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's, just, it's yeah. really
1: difficult. The, the Coronation Street have got the opportunity here to make it very deep and complex, and and continue to have also, people absolutely hate I'm not, her. I'm
0: not happy about the reckoning of her of her childhood and upbringing. I think that's a load of crap as well because we're, we we uh, we were told exactly what her situation was and it's kind of morphed since then and they've added more details to try to make us more sympathetic but you know what what actually is the situation her mom was very distant and her dad was a criminal
2: mm.
0: we don't know what they were like with her when she was a little girl it could have all gone off the rails when she became a teenager you know her mom could have been doting on her when she was a little girl. And then as soon as she grew up to be a beautiful, you know, young woman, you know, her mum strikes me as the sort of person who would see her as a rival rather than a Hmm. daughter. Um, We just do not know what the situation was. But given the information, I guess you can make whatever decision you want to make about what the situation was. But I, I just find that the actual facts that we were given aren't that bad. She had a really nice house. She lived. She went to a private school. Her parents were distant, but lots of people have distant parents. They didn't turn up to be murderers.
1: No, no, exactly. I, I, and might... it's weird
0: also that we've we've got Corey and Kelly and Coronation Street shying away from sort of calling them both privileged rich kids, but they are actually mm. because Kelly was a rich kid and so is Corey, and they both were neglected by their parents, and they have both ended up you know, um, attacking this poor couple who had nothing to do with them. But somehow Corey's being punished and blamed for everything and Kelly is kind of, you know, completely innocent. Yeah. It just doesn't wash.
1: What What and worries the me about is, Soaps
0: is... that the, the thing about Soaps is that there's so much room for nuance because you've got so much more time with the characters, but they're chucking it all away.
1: What worries me as well, slightly about this is... Um, Coronation Street are going to make the viewers eventually forgive her. They're going to make it so that, yeah, everyone forgives her now. Um, She's a nice character. Let's move on. But then probably she will go bad again, because they'll, for plot reasons, they'll they'll make her make another mistake, and then viewers will be like hang on a minute, I didn't want to forgive her you manipulated me into thinking that she was feeling remorse about this and that she was actually a nice girl deep down and now she's done, you know, whatever it is that she's going to do in the future, and I don't know whether I can trust you to make me for- yeah. to forgive her again it's um it-
0: And the idea that she's kind of left the... the- um, Batter's Beeb's house because it was a choice between her and Elsie. And she's being a selfless kind of, you know, giving up her space so that so that somebody who had a greater need, Elsie, could take the slot. I mean, I don't completely buy this <laughs> as a totally unselfish, you know, uh, sacrifice. I think Kelly's Kelly is smart and resourceful. She's also, I don't think for a minute she's not manipulative because she spent a lot of her time flirting and acting out. And I think she learned a lot of her mum and her dad. Mm.
2: Um,
0: I think she's probably thought to herself, uh, if I get out of this, I I bet you, Imran and Toya will feel guilty. I bet they'll support me and and try and look after me. I bet I can do something with myself. I bet I, I can, and also I'll have the place to myself, you know? I'm in this sheltered accommodation thing, but I've got my own room, I've got my own space, I could do what I like. I just don't buy it, it's completely selfless. I think loads of teenagers, if you said to them, would you like to live with this couple and a babe and, you know, a little kid, or would you like your own place? They go, I would like my own place, thank you very much.
2: <laughs>
0: I don't think that that is exactly what this sheltered accommodation is, and a lot of the things that have happened in the story with Kelly, I don't buy, because I think that they would be a lot more monitored than... They're showing it to be, but I think Kelly's. I think it's part of Kelly's manipulation tactics. I think she knows that Kelly, um sorry, Emran and Toya, have got a bit of money and a bit of influence, and I think that she thinks that if she moves out, she can pull on their heartstrings a bit more, and she can get them to give her other things that they might not, you know, have been willing to give her, like money, attention, time.
1: I think that um, I, I could believe that with the old Kelly, but it really just seems to me that that that, that that the way that Corrie wants us to feel about Kelly yeah, now is that it is all completely innocent and she's a lovely sister to Elsie and I, I, I don't know. Honestly, Speaking...
0: sorry, no, you. This is so stupid and, and shallow of this of Corrie to 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 really expect me to believe that hanging out with a little girl for what was it an hour would make it's supposed to reflect positively on Kelly as a, as a character. I, I would be absolutely beautiful with a with a child for an hour. You'd think <laughs> I would be mum of the year. It, it's not the hour, the first hour, where you meet a kid that's supposed to be the test of whether you're a good person yeah. or good around children or anything. It's, you know, a year later, yeah. you know, when, when, when um, Imran and Toya are giving Elsie the attention and um, Kelly's not getting it, what's she going to do then? Mm,
2: mm. Of
0: course she likes her in the first hour when she's playing blooming, you know, little princess castles with her. Anyone would. <laughs> it's an hour with a kid. And Elsie's sweet she doesn't talk.
1: Speaking of um, Toya and Imran, what did you think about the, uh, about how their relationship is going this week?
0: Very, very soapy-tropey, isn't
1: it? <laughs> I, see, it seems like it would make sense to me for Imran to have said, I'll take Kelly... Because I was the one that wanted her in the first place, and Toya, yes, y- you always wanted to have a little kid. You can keep Elsie. So when they suggested it was the other way around, that, that that kind of threw me off guard a little bit.
0: Toya just didn't, just really has not ever struck me as somebody who particularly likes Kelly.
1: No, she and she kind I, of admired her chutzpah at the beginning. I remember, but I didn't feel it was
0: yeah m- m- much more, more than that. She didn't been even failed as a murderer and. An unrepentant one, seemingly at that, and you know all the details. And and, and I think I just think I remember Toya being reluctant. Well, she was She was
1: reluctant to On be her. Yeah, she was. She was reluctant to be to be sitting next to her in a, in trial because yeah. Zimran kind of made the assumption, didn't he, before asking Toya whether she, that she yeah. would be her her appropriate adult or whatever it was. But
0: because it's it's quite one thing to expect. Um, what's the word? where you love someone no matter
1: what. Unconditional love.
0: Unconditional love. Like me and you. your own child, but of a child that you're fostering that you've only just met. That's a big ask.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. But uh, anyway, Imran and Toya are back together again now, aren't they, for a little bit? I well, could...
0: there's, a, there's a sort of a, a shelf life on there because of the No More Secrets declaration. <sighs> do you,
1: do, you, do you think that Imran should have said something there? And if he had, do you think Toya would have gone... Well, I did ask you to, to tell me everything, so I'm going to have to laugh about it. I really up.
0: wish they'd retire this phrase because it's ridiculous. I think it they, goes they didn't. Thing a lot of the they time. didn't
1: exactly say no more secrets. They didn't wow, say whatever. those exact words, but um, that it was one of those situations, wasn't it? Do you think that if Imran had said it was Abby, do you think Toya would have accepted it?
0: No, she would not have.
1: She oh. would have gone,
0: gotten... I can't believe this. I need more time to think. But then she might have forgiven him. She'd have more time to think
1: about it. but I I think that she might have done eventually because everybody was saying to her on on that Monday episode, oh, man, is a nice bloke. You don't get very many like him, blah, blah, blah. And I think she would have realised. But um, now if she does find out or when she does find out, it's going to have the added complication of, I gave you the opportunity to, to tell me and you didn't. I just want
0: to say one thing as well about he's a really nice bloke and stuff. Um, uh, Toya's kind of been swayed by these um, opinions but the only person who needs to decide if someone is worth your time is you don't be swayed by other people saying he seems like such a really nice guy because he's not because he cheated on her (laughs) (laughs) it's all very well saying he's nice like you know you, you see him how often in a day Oh, the guy who delivers the post seems like such a really nice guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he does for five minutes a day, but he's not the one shagging around.
1: I think that if Toya were to compare him to some of the other guys on the street and maybe even some of the other guys that she's dated or whatever in the past, she would realise that he is... There has been a lot of, you know, good times and he is fairly reliable and and um, he's...
0: He's Not... got a very fatal flaw, Michael, hasn't he? Oh,
1: I don't want to accept that. But yes, he does.
0: If you've got one sticking point and it's don't sleep with other people and he's now demonstrated that he... It's like a character flaw where he's like, oh dear, <laughs> it's just something I do, you know?
1: <laughs> I mean, maybe if she even compares him to Peter, for example, who who's, who's she was with, with last, then Imran would seem like the the more... Dependable kind of guy, wouldn't wouldn't they?
0: Well, you know, Toya's not getting any younger. She's coming into a stage in her life where if she wants to hitch up with a bloke, she's going to have to accept a certain level of baggage. But something tells me Toya would actually really like the baggage. You know, if I, if she's dating and and the guy's like, I've got something to tell you, I, I'm a single dad and I've got three kids. She'd be like, brilliant, sign <laughs> me up. <laughs> You know, lots of people her age who haven't got any, you know, children of their own are looking for somebody else who is equally child-free. She's mm. not. She's cruising for a family of 10. <laughs> so she's, she should start going on Tinder or whatever it is. What's the dating app for people that want to adopt other people's children? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Um, so so that, that's that been parked for a little while, hasn't it? I mean, it still, to me, feels like it's going to be Christmas that is going to come out, but... Maybe sooner, but I'd be surprised if later than Christmas. But um, it's going to be very sad when it does happen, and uh, I, I, I now find it very difficult to believe, unfortunately, that Imran and Toya can come back from this. No, I know. Oh,
0: Imran,
1: um, Im- oh. right. He's going to
0: win the Daddy Dog Award, I tell you.
1: Mm. So um, we were talking earlier about um Kelly's redemption and everything, and it feels like that what she's there's a possibility another route that they're going to take for her to be redeemed is by putting her or pairing her up or befriending her to Ardi, who is a bit of a um, uh, bit of a popular character with the viewers at the moment and uh, so should we move on and talk about what's going on with Ardi at the moment and uh, we'll cycle <laughs> background to Kelly again at the end of that
0: yes yeah, so um, we've got the yeah the, the Alahan stuff um, so on Monday
1: Mahdi Adi.
0: Mahdi Adi. On Monday, Dev is getting a new car, and it's got a mega box, and it's not a KFC mega box; it's something else. I loved
1: everything about Dev and his new car this week. He was so excited know, about so that relatable. car.
2: <laughs> there was the
1: bit I can't he's remember like, if it was Monday or it must have been Tuesday when he got it. When he kind of uh, walks out of the shop and he's doing little hand jives and everything, and uh, down the street to pick up his keys and everything, he's like so excited about this car.
0: I love him. He loves this car. It's got extra storage or some kind of. I don't really, I wasn't really listening because I don't care about cars. um But I kind of didn't really put together why he was getting this new car. It's because his old car blew up. With his kids yeah. in it, so uh, he needs a new one. um He's very excited. He's getting a bit cringy. Um, and Ardi is embarrassed because he's doing this in front of Summer. And <laughs> he says to Ar- uh, Summer, does Ardi? I think I preferred it when he left me to die.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it felt like Like, at the beginning of the week that Ardy and Dev were uh, on better terms and that Ardy had kind of almost forgiven him or was on his way to forgiving him. It's
0: because, I just want to say, I think it's because Ardy is such a fun character seemingly to write for and he and Dev's kind of, um, I don't know, funny relationship is so endearing that I think that the... Um, writers couldn't help themselves but to write funny lines mm. that didn't feel they felt like you know low-level disses rather than a, a, a son who's mad at being left for dead yeah uh truly by his by his dad but um it's also I guess the way that it's delivered too. I think that um
1: I, I don't some know of so. it
0: felt like yeah felt a bit sarcastic rather than truly heart-wrenching but it's difficult to change gears from their previous relationship to what's happened now, and I'd I prefer them to stay in that kind of grieve of funny relationship than to get too angsty. But anyway, yeah. um, Dev makes waffles with Asher later, and he's talking about Ardi and stuff. I don't really know. What
1: yeah, it, there. No, no, there wasn't it, it was more of a setup on Monday. The, the Mardi Ardi storyline actually kicked off on Mardi, didn't it? That's, that's, that's right, Tuesday, Tuesday in French. <laughs>
0: Arlie is telling Summer that he's got this apprenticeship in London. And we never, do we ever find out what it's for?
1: Um, Shop owner, chef. I don't know. I'm going to say business. um,
0: No, I'm going to say sandwich artist at Subway.
1: (laughs) He hasn't got one. He's thinking of going for one, isn't he?
0: No, he's thinking of going for it. And and he knows that Summer wants to get uh, a placement at Oxford university and he's like, Oh, it's only fifty-two minutes away from Oxford on the train. Great.
1: Summer's and not really feeling this at the moment, is she? Because of the Summer next story where she's give him
0: an enthusiastic thumbs up on this by any stretch of the imagination. Dev then tells Ardy, because Ardy sort of said to him he wants to do this apprenticeship and Ardy's uh, dev's like but but you're my deputy manager of all my businesses. Why would you do that if you, you know, why would you give this up for a minimum wage apprenticeship in London? And Ardie's like, well, if I go, can you please pay my rent, Dad? And um, it's really not a, a goer. Dev says, you've got, you've got everything here I can provide you with. I'm really proud. Please stay, and I'll make you general manager of all three of my shops. So Ardie sees Summer and tells her about this. Um, potential promotion, and she says, "Well, you know, maybe, maybe you should go." I'm kind of, pr- I'm proud of you. I'm glad you made up with him a- about this. Ardi goes to the kebab shop and chats with Bernie about it, and she says that um, partly the reason why Dev's kind of putting a dampener on Ardi's plans to expand to London is that it's costing him so much money to keep Ash's videos off of the internet. So he's got, you know, an, an outgoing this whole time and uh, he can't provide the financial support that Ardi was hoping for London.
1: Yeah, which, which um, gets Ardi you know, pretty miffed because it, it's yet again, Ard, uh, Dev is choosing his sister over him in, in his eyes.
0: Ardi goes back to the shop and has it out with Dev um, and uh, <laughs> Dev's like, come and look at my washable well in my car.
1: He um, says, "Look at my new whip."
0: That's right. Um, he leaves Ardy in the shop, and Ardy gets drunk on gin, and he closes the closes the shop early, um, belligerent to a customer. Uh, that he was says funny. <laughs> I can't remember what emergency. he says. He says
1: there's some kind of family emergency, and this um this extra uh, the the, the, the <laughs> was just like okay, <laughs> and then he but kind I of smugges off down the, the road, didn't they?
0: Huh? I knew it should have gone to the cop. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: RD keys Dev's car, brand new car, um, and wonders, you know, that's the last we see of it. Then we see Officer Craigie, he's on the case, he is investigating the mysterious uh what is it? Is, is Dev's car has turned up somewhere.
1: No, um, I don't think it had turned up correct. somewhere. I, th- I think I think it had just it, it had been photographed, um Craig, Craig shows Dev some pictures of the car with, with the key marks down, doesn't he? And does he say that really? window's been smashed I as well? I'm
0: missing something here, because I don't think that anybody investigates someone else's car being keyed.
1: I don't know. Doesn't matter. Something's gets... happened
0: to the car. Craig's investigating it, um, and he, Dev says it was Kelly that must have done this, so Craig goes and asks Kelly for, to come to the station to answer some questions. Yeah so cuz I think
1: I think I missed this out in the notes earlier but at some point earlier on Dev kind of has a bit of a saki chat with Kelly when she's trying to make amends with him Kelly as well. Kelly
0: tries to come to the shop and he's like no you can't come in the yeah, shop yeah. basically. So she's been barred from the corner shop. Yeah. Good. She should be barred from everywhere. <laughs> um some of this Finds Ardy drunk outside and Ardy says to Summer, I wish my dad was dead like
2: yours.
0: (laughs) Bit harsh. Kelly is at the police station. Imran's come to help her. Um, and she says, Oh, is everyone gonna blame me for every bad thing that happens now? And then Craig comes in and she's got this alibi that she went to York with her friend Cole from the detention centre, because this is when she's going to look for Nina's ring. And he's basically said, I never went anywhere with her. I don't know what you're talking about. So Summer takes Ardy to speed dial. Asher rings. Summer doesn't say that he's in such a state. She gets told about the car and Ardy's like, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Lies. Yeah. Yes.
0: It's difficult for me to know if you can hear what I'm saying. No, I can
1: definitely hear you. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, because exactly you might have happened. been cut off, and i no, no. talking to for half an
0: hour. <laughs> Wednesday. On Wednesday, Dev gets a text about the police, um, and she—he's pretty sure that Kelly's gonna Kelly's the one that's done this to his car, and that she's gonna end up back in prison. Yes. Now, th- this is also the day that Ardy confronts Dev about the inequality in the relationship that he perceives between he and Asha, where he's accusing dev of spending all of his money on keeping Asha's video videos often off the net and Dev's like okay fine if this is what you really want if you really really want to go to london i will support you and then arlie's arlie sort of it becomes apparent that's not actually arlie's real problem it's just you know, a substitute for the fact that Ardy's still upset about the fact that he believes that Dev chose Asher over him and he says, "You chose you choose that every time, including when the car crashed, and he accuses him, Dev, of leaving Ardy to die. So we finally get to hear this uh, This finally comes out, and Dev tries to explain, like, nobody came for first, but Asher needed my help more than you did. And this is a very difficult situation if mm. there's more than one child in a family where one, per, you know, the, the parents obviously love them both the same, but you, you don't need to give help and assistance to the child that doesn't need it. But the one that doesn't need it always feels as though they're being neglected in some way. Yeah, we've talked you about know? this
1: before and I yeah. this is an awful situation. And um, I, if, I think if I was dead, I might have done the same thing as well. I don't... I don't have any ill will towards Bev, Bev Dev for going after Asha and trying to save her first because she was unconscious and of course he would he would want to check that she was okay first but I can equally see from yeah. Ardy's point of view especially with all these years of resentment that he's been building up that it does look like that once more he's been neglected I, I think it's a it's a great problem <laughs> a little, great little quandary that the Alahans have got themselves into here
0: yeah, I really like this. I think this is a very relatable issue that lots of people mm. can see themselves in. And, and, and yeah. Jimmy and
1: Adam did a fantastic job as well of um, just portraying those complex emotions and everything that are involved. Yeah. The Adi having if, a little cry and if everything. You're,
0: if you're a parent, you must worry. If you're a, if you're a, um, a child, you might have a memory of this happening when you were younger. So this is a very relatable, even though. You, the whole, you know, how we got here is incredibly sensational with a, you know, a prison ban, an escaped convict, and a, an exploding car.
2: <laughs>
0: Where we've ended up is, is quite a, a very, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, very human a, and relatable like, situation, yeah.
0: yeah. So then we find um, Nina confronting Kelly about her. She accuses her of lying, going to York to get this ring, and Kelly says, "I know I'm telling the truth, but Nina and Asha don't believe her." Then we all then we get to go back to Dev. Um, he and he's t- talking to Ardi about Sunita and says that she's looking out uh, out for them, and you know she's somewhere in the afterlife and and so on. And Ardi is not really buying it. He doesn't seem to. like it's a nice idea but he's not really concerned you know he doesn't really think about it that way he asked yeah i would have thought wouldn't
1: i i don't really know a whole lot about hinduism but i would have thought that they'd have been like no she's she's reincarnated now she's a little uh she's a little butterfly flying around somewhere
0: maybe she's a princess isn't that how it goes if you're a good person you get promoted
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I don't think Sunita was um, completely the best of people towards the end when she was having that affair with Carmen Roe, but never mind.
0: Maybe she's a cute puppy. <laughs> anyway, um, Arnie's more concerned about this money and what Bernie said. And Dev says, yeah, OK, I will admit that Asha's, the, keeping Ash's video off the internet is costing me a lot of money. And now I've got this new car which Kelly Nealon has scratched up and I've got to pay for that. And I like but I have to pay for everything and I'm, I'm the only one that's earning money. There's only one parent in this house. You got I've got two kids and I'm trying my best. Mm. Another another really relatable thing of, you know, children just not really understanding even even a teenager who um, you know, can it can be explained these things? It's very different. The theory of yeah, everything costs money.
2: Yeah.
0: To the practice of at the end of the month, I've got no money left because all these things have come up that I didn't realise was going to happen. And trying to provide for my kids, but it's just not enough. Mm, mm. Anyway, um, this is when Ardy uh, confesses that it wasn't actually Kelly that scratched the car. <laughs> It was him. Dev Dev gets home and Asher hears all about this, about the car, about um, the fact that Ardy's jealous, that she's getting all this attention. And then they end end up arguing, Ardy and Asher. And Ardy gets fed up with this. He says, I'm fed up with this, I'm leaving. And he stomps away. And Dev phones up the police to... He picks up the phone to call the police. And Asher's like, oh, no, don't dob Ardy in, that's awful.
1: Yes. I can't remember what happens. Yeah, no, he 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 doesn't in the end, does he? He ends up just saying, oh, I, I just know gets it gets wasn't Kelly. Yeah, it And gets the police Kelly are like, off. okay, I'll take your word for it, Mr. Alahan. Yeah
0: that's, yeah, that's enough for us. We don't mind. Um, <laughs> Arby goes to the cafe with Summer and he says, Can I stay with you, please, for a few nights? And he's moaning on about Dev favouring Asher. And he says, I oh, should have done more than just his precious car. And summer's like, Oh no, I can't believe you would do such a thing. Asher finds Kelly later and Dev has said you know, got her out of this problem. He hasn't told anyone it was it was Ardy, but he's got Kelly off the hook. So Kelly asks Asher if she thinks that she could try to convince Nina to forgive her or maybe just not hate her. And Asher's like, Look, I can't talk to you about this at, at the moment. I'm I'm leaving. Ardy tells Summer that he doesn't regret that Kelly has got arrested because she's basically responsible for Seb's death anyway. And I can't remember whether at any point Ardy points out that she's also responsible for his, you know, wings being clipped and the Alahans being in financial distress. Because the other no, thing I can't remember
1: whether he mentioned that.
0: Is that Dev sent them both to, to private school too. Yeah. Because of what Kelly did. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know enough about keeping YouTube videos off the internet.
1: I don't know Um, whether you can actually do that. I think we talked about it at the time and it's like, I've never tried, but it feels like uh, trying to stop a video from spreading on the internet is a bit of a fool's errand.
0: Well, there's, there's definitely reputation managers who can try to do stuff like this to you, for you. But I think that um, I didn't realise it was sort of a really ongoing and intensive monetary outlay.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't particularly buy it, but fine. All right, Dev's doing I, I, it.
0: I don't know either. I I, I'm, I hope I never need to find out. We're going to have to delete all those videos that we recorded. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's yeah he says. Um, uh, He's moaning. He's basically moaning about Dev, and Summer's like, "I'm sick and tired of you. Your persecution complex," and she dumps him. Uh. Adi finds Kelly in Victoria Gardens and and um, apologizes to her, and then they have this like, you know, the Yorkshireman uh, sketch from Is It Monty Python, where they're like, "Well, when I was when I were we never had any." <laughs> he bought and we had to, we had yeah. to um, suck moss off the side of the bricks. You were lucky. Everything. My
1: dad were a lawn shark.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. They did they have a bit and of a competition about who's pay. had the most
1: terrible upbringing, didn't they?
0: Yeah, they have. And the pair of them are such privileged little twonks, I can't believe it. Oh, it's no. Like, my mum didn't pay... It, but, you know, this is what teenagers are like. I'm sorry for a teenager listening, but... Um, I really hope for your sake that when you get older you'll realize that your childhood was not as bad as you thought it was. You know, there's his dad his going, Oh, when I was young, my my dad thought I was a, a golf prodigy and he bought <laughs> me a golf club and you know, and there's there's um summer ago, uh no, Kevin. sorry. Kelly going, Oh my my parents gave me fifty quid to go to town. All right. <laughs> I understand I understand that having loving parents is um is you know, really important but Ardy really doesn't get how good he had it growing up. I know that he had a lot of sad times, but think of all the happy things that you know, Mary and all the nice things that she did for him and Deb yeah. cares so much about both of his children that Ardy cannot see at the moment and I you know I think the jury's out on Kelly.
1: I know if you want to look gonna, at somebody who had a rubbish childhood, like Seb, for example.
0: Seb honestly is the best of the three as far as being a good person seems to be and not you know, wallowing in self pity and trying to make good of yeah. uh, what you've got in in life. He his you know, he raised his, his siblings. His mum was on smack <laughs> And uh, he lived in squalor and filth. And these two really privileged... You know, money doesn't solve all these problems, but they never had to worry, I don't think, these two children about money. No. You know, look, look back on some on some people's childhoods and you'll find children worrying about the mortgage or worrying about how their parents are going to pay for school uniforms or, or being concerned about going on school trips. These mm. kids never worried about that kind of stuff. They had other problems, yes, but they didn't count any of their blessings and they've had plenty of those yeah. to go around, I think. Mm. But that's just me on my high horse I guess <laughs> I've never had a sister that uh, made a sex tape, so I can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Kelly's, Kelly's opening up about her, you know, the fact that she's starting to think her dad's maybe dead. He hasn't been seen for years. Um, and she says, look, why don't we go back to my place together? Um, so he agrees, but back at home, I was telling Dev not to worry about Ardy, and he's probably just having a sulk and crashing at Summers. But Dev's fretting about, you know, losing his relationship with his son. This is why Dev's a great dad because he cares. Yeah, and I he think really Asha does. Asher was being Asher was being a little snot here, and I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed this. Like, I don't like it when characters are just automatically the best, you know, and react in the best nicest ways to everything. Mm. Asher's. Um, had a lot of struggles, and she's been tested, and she's come up trumps quite a few times, and we've rooted for her. But in this situation, she was just a little brat, like <laughs> uh, I don't care about him anyway. He's just being a dick.
1: <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. See, I'm still not finding Asha being particularly bratty. I think it's she's she's well, yeah, coming off kind of a little saying. worse because we're seeing how it's affecting Ardy and everything. But I I I, I think but
0: she's not sympathetic. She doesn't really understand what he's what he's going through. No. You know? I
1: think she's just like being a normal a normal sister. Yeah, We've so seen I mean. lots of siblings Did will fall out and they seen? won't see eye to eye. And I know no, they're twins and everything, but it doesn't automatically mean they're gonna have this perfect bond. No. I think it's just a normal I sibling think... relationship that they they seem to have, very usual. And and but I, I don't see her as being the um like a princess or anything like that. I I, I also don't think
0: she's automatically sympathetic, which is quite relatable. me because i'm also the same way (laughs) i don't you know if it's something i'm involved in personally she just she's thinking of herself first which is a teenage thing to do
1: yeah exactly i I think she's doing fine i'm not i'm not hating asha at the moment
0: I, i just like the fact that honestly some of the best people in the world um who you admire as morally upstanding and wonderful and you know impartial and and just and everything. If, if you see him with around their around their brothers and sisters, they you know punching them under the table, kicking them, telling them to go and die in a hole.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's just great. <laughs> That's just what you're supposed to do, isn't it? Absolutely. Anyway, Kelly Kelly gets back to um, her room with Ardy, um, and uh, that they barely get in through the door when Cole launches himself at her and starts throwing people around. Arlie's thrown on the bed. She's held up against the wall. He's saying to her, you you gave my number to the police. You said that I was your alibi to go to York. I told them I didn't go. I'm in trouble now because I had a bunch of stolen mobile phones in my car. Can't believe you snitched me in like this, you are dead. if I get
1: in trouble. I thought that was a really exciting end to the episode. That was like, usually by the end of the episodes like that, things are winding down for the final scenes. But when she gets, she got thrown against the door then, I was like, oh, it's still going right to the very end. I I really enjoyed that. Because I had been a little bit confused up until that point about why Cole had denied taking her to to York. It's like, oh yeah, that makes sense if he was up to something dodgy. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, she and Ardy were, were shaken. And I also kind of like the the real, realistic um, way that the scene was that, you know, this bigger boy came and kind of beat the snot out of both of them. Mm. And Ardy, you know, wasn't the brave hero of the day and didn't, you know, stand up to him and push him away and go, no, leave my girlfriend alone or anything. Mm. He was also thrown on the bed. Uh, Because this boy is bigger and he's stronger and he's tougher. And, you know, Ardy, for all of his moaning about his bad, tough upbringing, is like a private school, like, uh, mini golfer. Yeah, I I don't think he's really used to people like Cole, particularly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hmm? I, I was just saying, I don't think he's particularly used to people like Cole, is he? No, so and what? honestly,
0: I think if, if Cole had been in Victoria Gardens talking about his upbringing, I think he would have won the competition, And so he's had the worst <laughs> life.
1: Yes, I think you're right, I think you're right. But d- does it look to you like Ardy and um, Kelly are going to be put together as a couple? Because i already got a shipping name for them, which is R. Kelly, of course. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, I don't know. I think he's she's bad news. I think What's so too. Early? But
1: I think I think I think that fits perfectly in with the story because, like I said earlier, putting her together with a character which is pretty much universally loved at the moment, Ardie. And I know not everybody likes him, but pretty much everybody seems to think that he's the best thing since sliced bread. Um, and then also, it makes for a very interesting dynamic for. Um, him to be going out with her when she's like the the arch enemy of his twin sister and her girlfriend at the moment. It all it all fits very nicely into a very difficult situation. I mean, imagine what imagine what Asher would say to if she finds out that her brother is going out with somebody who she still considers as being behind Seb's death. And and what's Nina gonna say as well? And is that gonna make things more difficult between Nina and Asher? To have them well, two as a couple.
0: It's a good job. I mean, did the Alahans celebrate Christmas? It would be very awkward if they did. <laughs> I don't think we've ever seen them doing anything festive. I, I mean, can't remember. You know,
1: I can, I can know, picture
0: Devin Christmas a Santa hat. Christmas in this hat. country doesn't feel like a particularly religious celebration. It feels like a you know anyone who wants to have a turkey just have, have one kind of a thing. So I think they've done festive things. I but... think
1: that they have. <laughs> Well, Hindus are very um, um, accepting of, of of all different um, kind of faiths, and they'll they'll join in with everything, won't they, and celebrate other people's uh, deities good. and what have you. Sounds
0: good to me. What's that got to do but with yeah. anything, anyway? Well, I'm just thinking about you know the, around the Christmas table with uh, Ardi and uh, and Kelly and Nina and and Asha, and then there's Dev going. Well, (laughs) this is awkward.
1: Yeah, no, I I definitely wouldn't be surprised if it's going to go down that route. I think it's almost too perfect to have those two together, but it it, it could be a way to try and redeem Kelly in the viewer's eyes as well. I don't know.
0: It's very interesting that we predicted some kind of Machiavellian business scheme from Ardy trying to bring down Dev's business empire, and so far all he's done is just close the shop early. (laughs)
1: i I don't know i just don't know whether he's smart enough to be able to do it or did we yeah did
0: we kind of like jump the gun on that idea and run away with ourselves i
1: don't know i i'm i don't know what ardy is and isn't capable because we've seen like when he was first getting involved in the shop he was a bit comedically rubbish wasn't he so I don't know whether he'd he was, have the uh, mental uh, cap- capability to, yeah.
0: Incompetent.
1: But th- they have made a big thing this week of saying, yeah, this isn't exactly brain surgery. It's just running some shops. But I-, I was a bit surprised at Dev saying, oh, you can be general manager of all three of my shops. I mean, I I don't know whether he truly believes that uh, Ardy that is capable of that or whether he's just uh, desperately mean, saying anything to try and get him on his side.
0: Is this a symptom of, of Dev kind of smothering his children and... Not allowing them to fall on their own merits and yeah. deal with the consequences of of their action you know like I understand death trying to protect asha from this video that's that's online, but if he didn't do anything, what would have happened? Would it have just gone away itself is there um is there an argument to be made that she should you know it's illegal anyway nobody should be watching this thing um is is it is it going to be of any kind of negative consequence to Asher in the future anyone who's looking at videos like that i don't see how they can give themselves the moral high ground of somebody who's in a video like that yeah. you know it
1: wouldn't surprise start. me if it is comes he, back at some point in the future though you know maybe 10 years well down the line
0: soap, but but you know is they just throwing money and and resources at his children to make up for some of the things that perhaps you know just it's partly making that up for the or... fact it's
1: because he's the only parent and he feels like yeah. it's his duty he's the only one who can protect them also he wasn't around yeah. for the first 5 6 years of their lives because Sunita had moved away from Weatherfield hadn't she um yeah. so I think ever, ever since then he's been doing he he will do anything to protect his kids but protecting yeah. two at the same time where there's a financial that I Yeah w- I
0: think would it actually be better for for um, Ardy to go to London? I mean, you know, if I was Dev, I might be thinking, oh, if he went to London, he might learn some things. He might pick some stuff up. He could come back and, you know, yeah. we could we could together then apply those things to the company. Is is Ardy actually going to be responsible for anything or is Dev just going to give him this, you know, this job title that doesn't actually do anything? Mm. Is he going to be one of these entitled little rich kids? You know, son of the son of the manager, son of the owner, who just has a, a um, vanity title that doesn't do anything, just gets money.
1: Yeah. As much as I don't and... want to lose, Ar- lose Ardi, I think you're right. I think that sending him off into the big wide world could be good for him because um,
0: it's it, probably good it, for both of them, really, because because Dev is trying to control too much of his children's lives. Yeah, you know, Asha's an underage child, and this video was unfortunate. But if she makes another video in, you know, five years' time. Is he going to take that off the internet?
2: Mm.
0: Where does it end? Where where's his responsibility end for, for their mistakes? Yeah. Yeah, and let's face it um, Kelly
2: should be invoiced
1: for all of this <laughs> so all I, I was just really really pleased this week how it was uh, I think this is like Ardy's biggest week yet wasn't it we were, we've we been saying for like six months like when's he first, when's he gonna get his first proper story and it feels like this is it
0: He's doing such a great job he is too. I'm really, so, really, so uh, good. What I'm seeing, it's
1: fantastic. He's he's really really brilliant. He and, and the, what what range as well. Adam Hussein is showing. He he had his drunk drunk acting. He had his crying this week. Still managed to get a bit of the uh the the comedy in as well with with some of the serious stuff. It was uh it was just brilliant. Yeah. And. And I mean, I'm not particularly um, sad about the fact that he's moving away from Summer as well because I, I like the idea of him having a girlfriend. But um, I, I don't it know was him sweet. and Summer. It's it okay.
0: It was sweet. Um, I, I unfortunately I'm getting the impression that Summer is a bit of a a personality vacuum at the moment.
1: Yeah. I know what you mean although one of my favorite lines of the week was um Summer and Amy talking in the cafe when um, and Amy's asking Summer if she and uh, Ardi have synchronized watches yet <laughs> and I was like
2: <laughs> and, was she, and
1: she and she's like oh I just made that up <laughs> That was a know, really, really were, clever, yeah. really, really good line and very well delivered by El I think. Just like I don't know what I'm talking about, but that sounds like the sort of thing people might say. Well, she was... knows what she's
0: talking about, she's a mother.
1: Yeah. But I suppose that's another example of the fact that RD um is very naive to the world if he's I mean, he's he's not synchronized watches with his girlfriend yet and his, his dad has been there to protect him every second of his life. So, yeah, maybe um, maybe he does need to stand on his own two feet a little bit.
0: I'm kind of glad that there's a few teenagers left on Coronation Street that don't just jump into bed with each other immediately Me too.
1: Because... Me too, and it's another reason why I love Ash, uh, Ardy so much. He, he, he's definitely yeah. showing respect to, to Summer. And, uh, there's, and something, there's
0: something wrong with it, but it's also I don't want you know the impression to be that this is a very normal thing because I think that... Um, people have a tendency to to assume that their own experiences are very universal for you know when you lose your virginity or you know if you smoke or drink and or do drugs maybe at school and um it's not everybody's experience and it's not there's you know it doesn't make you a bad person or a a sad loser or anything, if you don't do those things immediately. Because we're mm. pretty cool, aren't we?
1: Oh yeah, it's so cool. But I, I still am wondering <laughs> whether, you know, by this time next week, whether he will have synchronised watches with Kelly.
0: I think that that is definitely impossible, but <laughs> it depends on whether Cold lets them get on with it. Yeah, He yeah. might have something to say. He might yeah. be bursting in every five minutes, demanding his... I don't know. I, I imagine he's going to blackmail her in some way, or get her I just can see her, him asking her to do something well, he has, for him what's, what's he got
1: over her at the moment
0: he hasn't got anything over her but he's bigger than she is and she kind of owes him a favour now
2: mm. Yeah. I you know like
0: so. uh, you, you, you drop me in it um, you do this for me now or I'm going to make life difficult for you
1: yeah yeah I, I can imagine that maybe Ardy might try to stand up to Cole and get his face punched up. he'll
0: have a go yeah but yeah that, that pretty hair is going to get ripped out by the roots yeah
1: so should we actually uh, talk about the the summer story now which also has got a little bit more rd in but um it's more about summer's um unrequited love of daniel osborne um so monday it, it's it, she, she's prepping for this oxford interview isn't she with amy so she's she's done the entrance exam apparently but she's just got this interview to come um and and uh she she, she kind of jumps at the chances as the, as the morning goes on to Babysit Bertie for Daniel because it will also give her the opportunity to practice the entrance exam interview with her.
0: Mm. And and, and no, the... no. What? I think she. I think she. She's clear from the beginning of the week that she fancies Daniel. And she, oh yeah, yeah.
1: She. She. She wants. She wants
0: to go round there so that she can be helpful to him because she thinks that. He'll like her more if she does him a favour.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's that, but also she wants to be able to practice her Oxford interview as well. But yeah, definitely, she definitely fancies the teacher. Here is one of those stories. Um, so she. I
0: don't like this.
1: She, she. Well, I thought that Daniel needs to consider that his boundaries as a professional teacher, and he's having children round his flat more than <laughs> once during the week. I think
0: he's awful, isn't he? He doesn't know what he's doing. He's so stupid. He's got yeah. He's got no boundaries. He's got no. He,
1: he, he also seems to be completely yeah. naive to the fact that she fancies him.
0: Well, isn't this something you get told when you're if you're a if you're a male teacher and you're going into a secondary school? Isn't this just common knowledge that like the the girls are going to fancy you? Just watch out. Just don't be anywhere near them by yourself ever.
1: I think that if he were to get you know. At all investigated by this Mrs. Croshaw or whatever at school, she might say, "Why are you having someone coming round your house every evening?" And I suppose it's difficult because you you know the fact that they're neighbours and um, you know he he and Billy know each other and everything. But but even so, he's he is walking a very thin line here with this. But anyway, it's really
0: she... unacceptable.
1: Yeah. And, um... Well, even the fact that on was it on Tuesday she does um, some tutoring of Max in Daniel's house. I mean, surely there's somewhere else that they could go. I know that she, again she was looking after sense. Bertie, but um, yeah.
0: And also Be careful, the other thing is that he, you know, we harp on this all the time, and it's it's probably really boring to hear us going on about it so much, but. He's like, never at school, and this is now the third... Like, during this week, he gets Summer to babysit Bertie three times in a row. How he's... come he's not doing any work? I
1: I don't want to... I wasn't... Well, did I want to say anything? I don't know. He, he, it appears that he teaches about three children because as really well as Coronation Street is now doing at um, bringing the actors together and having more characters on scene, the school scenes that appears that, that he's got... Summer and maybe one other child in his class, but yeah, and then. the the, the sense of time isn't quite right because he's finishing school and you know getting back to the street when it's still daylight when he had a scene in the cafe before school maybe it was Tuesday's episode or maybe Wednesday I can't remember the clock on the wall said it was like 8.40 so I was thinking why are you still at the cafe at 8.40 in the morning but once the school scenes are over there still is an awful lot of episode for him to be getting on with things and like yeah he's got time to go off to the theatre he had his PTA meeting on tuesday why daniel as somebody who is only just been a teacher for six weeks why he's going to pta meetings i don't know (laughs) it's it's not really a completely realistic um portrayal of what life for a newly qualified um english secondary school teacher would be doing i think that he would be you know drowning in essays all night every night but hey what do i know i'm just a primary school teacher maybe maybe these secondary school english teachers really do have it this easy
0: and if you think that that was contentious you just wait till we say our insider knowledge about how the sinkholes are completely wrong
1: <laughs> anyway so um she, Hang on. what sorry i've got to stop now
0: because my uh my headphones have run out of battery your
1: headphones run out of battery can you can you just like take them out and it still keeps going what's going on where's Gemma can you
2: hear me I
1: can hear you now are you are you just speaking are you going you're going yep. empty-eared yeah okay well let's keep we'll keep on going then this is fine so anyway um she she goes to Daniel's flat on Monday evening kind of making herself comfortable there and um and when it's all over she sees Ardy and asks to hang out with him and um now he asked to hang out with her and she's like, no, you're alright actually but she, she does go out with him after all and um, nothing particularly happens there. It kind of ma- ma- mostly kicks off on Tuesday when there's a bit of a flirty flirty situation going on between Daniel and Daisy um, and and this is reminding the viewer that he's kind of they're kind of sniffing around each other at the moment um, Summer does her practice interview with Daniel at school she's been really flustered she completely flubs it because it's Daniel that she's talking to, the the object of her affection, she t- she's able to re- talk about this speak and save campaign that she did after Aidan's suicide, she can't remember the name of the book that she's reading at the moment um, <laughs> but then
0: also I honestly can't believe that she doesn't have a decoy book
1: yeah, just say, just say, I don't know, War
0: and she Peace. Say, well, reading a book about a woman who saw a murder and she doesn't know if she really saw a murder or not because she's a bit of an al- alky. Yeah. <laughs> don't say that. Say you're reading Pride and Prejudice or something.
1: She, I uh, see that. I, I, I think that Summer's character is. I know it's been a bit different since Harriet Bibby's taken over, anyway. But I just couldn't believe that the way that Summer is acting in a variety of ways this week, corresponds with the old Summer at all. I think that Summer absolutely would be able to come up with a book straight away. And I I don't necessarily believe... I'm not saying that she wouldn't fall for her teacher. Maybe the old Summer would. But I think the way that she's... uh, being a little bit ditzy about the whole situation this week is not necessarily in character for her. Now, I don't
0: remember i don't think that anybody in our school when i was because i said last week i went to an all girls school um so i imagine the teachers who were male were on high alert watch out for any kind of inappropriate behavior where have you
1: where have you you got your phone at the moment because you sounded very can
0: you hear me better i
1: can hear you much better now what have you done differently there
0: i'm just holding it up
1: oh yeah that's better
0: that helps yeah so i i don't i don't remember any um anything like that. The only teacher that was remotely, you know, I don't know, all the all the most of the teachers at my school were just very professional. And there was one who definitely thought he was very cool. Um he wore a he he drove a motorbike and he wore a leather jacket and he was the music teacher mm-hmm. and he definitely seemed to um caught the attention of the girls. Um, he turned out to be a paedophile.
2: Oh. Um
0: so that wasn't so good but I think that uh this uh, this kind of idea of a of a girl fancying just just so just to be clear all the girls knew he was a creep as teacher in our school. Oh and yeah I remember because
1: he was him. in like, the papers like 10 years ago yeah, or he so was. wasn't he? Is <laughs> yeah,
0: was that he one. Was. Um but I I don't think it's unusual what I'm trying to say here. I don't think it's unusual for a girl or a boy to have a crush on their teacher at no. school. But where is Cory going with this? Is this going to be a seriously drawn out story? Is there going to be any kind of uh, reciprocation? What will Daniel do no. when he finds out?
1: I don't um, think so. I think with the way that the story ends at the end of this week, there's a definite turning point in the, uh, you know, with, with what Summer believes. Because she's she spends the whole week in, in a fantasy and she's, She's looking yes, for she any does. clue that Daniel fancies her, and then it get she gets her heart torn in two by the end of Friday's episode, doesn't she?
0: Where is she going to go with it though? This is the thing. It, the trouble with Summer is she doesn't have a confidant, and she, you know, she, she's the kind of character I can very well imagine writing in a journal. You know, dear diary, Mister Osborne is the most amazing person. My name is Summer Os- Osborne, and I'm Bertie's mum. You know. Mm. She's got yeah, Amy, she's got,
1: hasn't she? Uh-huh. She's got Amy. Yeah, but as Amy, a Amy
0: is way too switched on and sarcastic to to be like, "Oh wow, yeah, that's great." Like, Amy would make fun of her if she told <laughs> told her that she fancied Daniel. She'd be like, "What Daniel? Really? Are you kidding me?" Yeah, um, well, I
1: suppose. I suppose um, you know Daniel and Amy are in the same family, aren't they? So maybe that's why Summer can't. Yeah,
0: no way. I'm the kind, thinking, of, the way, it's a what, kind of kind of sibling Is this going to be a relatable teacher crush story that some people are going to look at and go, "God, yeah, I remember my my teacher at so I really fancied him," you know, or is this going to be a psychotic, you know, teenage girl? Uh, what's the equivalent of a teenage girl bunny boiler,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: like boiling Bertie's booties in a
2: yeah. in a,
0: um to to bleach them. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, I'm just, I, as soon as I saw this, the possibility of this rearing its head, I got very uncomfortable because I've always been very protective of you. You're a male teacher in a female-dominated um, profession. People are suspicious of teachers who are men. Um, I don't know whether they're more suspicious of primary school teachers or secondary school teachers. There's a lot of stigma against men interaction with children. It seems to get worse every year. People do not really give men the benefit of the doubt around children these days. I don't know if that's good or bad, but, you know, I, I feel protective of you. And Daniel's, like, the closest thing on Corrie since um, Brian threw up on the deputy head.
2: <laughs>
0: so I, I'm concerned about, yeah. uh, you know... Because, you know, Corrie can be quite influential. I don't want anyone to watch this and go, God... You know, my, my daughter's at school with a male teacher. What if so and so, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, the, the way that Daniel's being written at the moment, he certainly is. He's so
0: oblivious.
1: Yeah, oblivious exactly to what's going on, which which is odd but that's because. That's not good. No. That's let's, not let's, good
0: at all. Can we, can not, let's
1: go on with what actually happened with it then. Because, um, sorry. She, no, no, fine. She, she ends up... Um, she's, she completely flubs this this interview and Daniel says, look, just relax, a couple of weeks, it'll all be over, then you won't have to put up with me anymore. And um, she obviously wants to have as much practice and, and time with him as possible. She ends up swiping his lanyard off of his desk um, during the episode and, and this is her little, little keepsake of Daniel for the rest of the episode. Um,
0: no, 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 I think... No, I think
1: she takes it so that she can give it back to. Yeah, him. Yeah, gives. She does She 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 likes kind of
0: like, oh, I'm so
1: fondling it as the episode goes on. But yeah, she when she gives it back to him later, and he says, "Oh, what would I do without you?" Thanks, Summer. She's like, "Oh, no, no, it's fine." Um, so um, she she has she she ends up doing a bit of a tutoring session with Max later in Daniel's flat. Again, weird why it went on in there. Um, and again, she's left feeling very pleased with herself because Daniel's very grateful to her for looking after Bertie. Um, And there's a bit of a misunderstanding, a bit of a classic Corrie misunderstanding at the end of the episode because as she gets kicked out of his flat, when Adam comes back, she inadvertently hears daniel and adam talking about daisy but she doesn't realize that it's daisy that they're talking about because daniel's telling adam oh yeah i quite fancy her actually and adam's saying oh i don't think that that's very good that you two are together i i think you need to be careful and daniel's saying no no it's all right i know exactly what i'm doing and yeah summer is left at the end of the episode thinking they're talking about her oh dear so on wednesday's episode um Billy and Summer are talking about this, this performance of the importance of being earnest that's on in town, which Daniel wants to go and see. Um, and um, da- again, da- Daniel and Adam are still talking about Daisy. Adam's saying that she's not right for him. It's hardly a meeting of minds, etc. Oh, and this is where Daniel says, oh, you're saying that me and, me and Sinead are a meeting of minds. I think he kind of disses Sinead.
0: Total diss, and it's just like his dad, too. Like I know. Ken, Ken and Deirdre. Yeah.
1: I, I fancy Ken, anybody, however intellectually inferior to me they are, is basically yeah. what Daniel was saying here.
0: Well, I think Ken and Daniel both get off a little bit on being the superior
2: yeah.
0: one in a relationship. Totally. Honest, honestly.
2: <laughs>
1: totally, but um, Summer later gets the idea in her head that Daniel's going to be invite her along to this play, doesn't she? Because she sees the tickets on his desk.
0: Is she talking to him about she's doing the play, or she? No, the... she's got some kind of connection to to this play too. Did she? I think... Oh,
1: I can't remember. I don't know. She, all I saw that was that she they sees... They talk
0: about it together.
1: Uh, yeah, but I can't remember what it was. So I, I think at the time I didn't really realise it was going to be important so I didn't really pay any attention to it. But Can event- I just
0: say at this point that I was in the importance of being Ernest at our school and I played Gwendolyn.
1: Oh, well, yeah, I don't know anything about that.
0: A handbag! <laughs> that's that's an insider thing for, for us Ernest fans.
1: This this, this is also what um, Ernest Bishop and Emily Bishop put on, like, in the 70s or something, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah they, did a, they did a version of this play. But anyway, Daniel asks Summer later if she's available this evening. Um, and, and then it's like, for babysitting? And Summer is gutted because she thinks that... She, She's she's got it into her head that the teacher is inviting her out to play. And um so she ends up having to babysit Bertie again. And she's upset at this point because by now she's dumped Ardy. And um Daniel's still Daniel isn't telling her who he's going with. He says, Oh, I'm just going out with a mate. And even afterwards, when he comes back, they they say, Oh, yeah, I went I went out with a mate. We had a lovely time, actually. And when um Summer's outside um having been sent home by Daniel afterwards, she then sees Daisy sneaking up to the flat and, um, because he, he phones up Daisy and says, oh, the coast's clear, you can go. So, so Summer, his little heart is broken because she thought that Daniel was holding a torch for her, but actually he's only got eyes for Daisy.
0: Well, That way last.
1: Yeah. I, um, I, I'm... Daniel Daniel has been warned multiple times by Adam now that he's playing with fire going out with Daisy. And he he's... He,
0: this is really weird. I just want to say, this is so weird because it feels as though we've shifted from a story in which we were concerned that Daisy was going to take advantage of Daniel.
1: Yeah, with his, his new house.
0: Goldinger, and she knew that he had inherited his mum's house.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now it's shifted from actually, Daisy is just the distraction and the real issue here is that um, Summer fancies Daniel.
1: Yeah, I think we're not supposed to be seeing Daisy as being this gold digger anymore, but it definitely definitely started out that way, didn't it?
0: Why is there not room for both? Because honestly, Daniel is like, swimming around in shark-infested waters, like going, Whoa, oh, You know, I've got a nosebleed, never mind. And You know, they're swimming around and around him trying to get him. Nobody... These women, both of them, are bad news for Daniel. Well, one of them's a girl.
1: Yeah, I. I and he's d-
0: blithely just just paddling around, going, "Well, if I just, you know, if I just blow my nose, get rid of this blood into the water,
2: it'll
1: be fine." <laughs> I I don't know whether Daisy would be such a bad idea for Daniel now. they they're just not particularly shown enough of them. I, I'm no, just so so no, so we, wary of Daisy. It's really difficult for me to you know, take the blinkers off yeah. my eyes. Okay, well what I'll tell that. you,
0: as somebody who likes Daisy as a character, it was clearly established at the very beginning of her interest in Daniel that Number one, she was only interested in him because she was on the rebound. Number two, she was only interested in him because she knew that he was coming into a lot of money. And number three, she was perfectly willing to lie about her interest in things that he liked to try to manipulate him into a relationship with her. Mm. And do you believe for one minute that Daisy wants to go and see the importance of being earnest (laughs) at the theatre? No.
1: No, I guess not.
0: She's no more interested in that and she was interested in um, uh, Ryan's DJ sets.
1: Yeah, that's true. She's a
0: chameleon. She's one of these girls. And, I, you know, I think we had this discussion before about has she missed a father figure in her life? Does she seek male approval? Is she a chameleon, a social chameleon who, you know, will take on the interests of whoever she's with at the time? to try to manipulate them into liking her because that's all she wants Mm. i think we've had this discussion before and i think it's very interesting to think of daisy in this way as a kind of a lost girl who who just wants a dad somewhere and you know think about it like this daniel is a dad already he's got he's got a son is mm. is she seeking this? You know, is is he kind of a, a father figure for her in a, in a weird way? I don't know. But Daisy and Summer both, you know, if there's one thing Summer's got, it's probably too many. Don't know why she needs Daniel as well, but um,
2: yeah,
0: she's lost too. Summer and Summer and Daisy both a bit lost, mm. and Daniel, bless him. Is more lost than both of them combined. Really, if you think about him like that, he's kind of a weirdly romantic figure. If he wasn't so, you know, screwed up and yeah. well, that's kind of what makes him romantic, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But he's made so many mistakes. So he's not. He's not a catch for either of these these people. This this is doomed on both fronts.
1: I think so. I, I'd like. I quite like to see maybe some Daniel and Ken scenes. I think this this story needs this.
2: Yeah, Just I think a, you're right.
1: But from, from the uh, the street's longest time romantic, to, to give him a bit of advice here. <laughs> so what, what do you think that Summer is going to do now? Do you think that she's going to double down on trying to steal Daniel away from, from Daisy? Or is she going to realise, oh, I've been a fool all this time and then maybe try and go back to Ardy, but it's too late because Ardy's now set himself up with Kelly? Uh... I don't know. I, I kind of
0: like the idea the way that coronation street is not um shoe (laughs) boxing (laughs) pigeonholing i don't know summer is like she's a nerd nerds don't fancy people or have stupid romantic ideas or you know throw themselves after boys I, i don't think that's correct i think that even you know bookworms have very flighty fantasies about what their romantic future could look like I, I like the fact that they've not kind of ruled out to summer as as being a fantasist for mm. love <laughs> who isn't michael who isn't <laughs> um is she gonna go too far what what could she do i mean we've seen her taking daniel's lanyard could she do something to bertie now here's an interesting consideration because we saw Um, if you're going to contrast and compare Daisy and Summer you've got Summer who's the babysitter and Daisy's like you know the strumpet that comes after hours to entertain her man but you've also got um, Summer who's actually only really looking after uh, Bertie to get to Daniel and um, you've got Daisy who is actually uh, such a um a go- you know, a golden hearted woman that she took a first aid course because she's got this background of um worrying about about children because of her uh, brother dying. Yeah. You know, that time in the in the bistro with um was Bertie. it Bertie? Bertie?
1: in the battery, yeah.
0: Yeah, swallowing the battery. And she was so worried about it. Um is something is something gonna happen to to Bertie?
1: I
2: don't know, see I think it's really
0: interesting to think about those two the the contrast between those two characters I just think that if you were to look on the face of it, you would think that Daisy would be the one that wouldn't care and Summer does but actually it's kind of the other way around because Daisy's never used Bertie to get to Daniel but Summer has
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm wondering whether it's going to go more down the direction that um, Summer is now spurned and will try and get Daniel in trouble and try and and make out huh? to Mrs. Crowshaw that 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 she, that Daniel's made it was all been inappropriate towards her, and, and and David has had these suspicions, hasn't he? Back if you look back two months or so ago, he thought that there was something funny going on between Daniel and and Summer, and now if Summer comes along and says, yeah, he you know he touched me up or or he he tried to get something like that, David's going to go, yeah, actually, I, I I think that he would do that. And, and maybe um, yeah, this is how Max is going to be. Right. In, maybe this is how Max is going to be involved as well because she's been tutoring Max, and um, and, and so the, the the Platt side might get in there. I I don't know. So um, yeah, I I'm reckoning it might go down that route, and Daniel has to defend his good name.
0: Yeah, but that just you know that's the sort of thing I was worried about where this might go mm. originally with with uh, Daniel and. You just know you're going to get people, you know, on on in the internet sort of saying, "Well, I wouldn't trust anybody." Mm. You
1: know, there's also, it, however, it's going to go. I think that. Um... Summer maybe is going to have her chances of going to Oxford scuppered. And as we saw with Daniel himself a few years ago, if they want to keep a character on the show, they can't have them going off to university because Daniel was going to be doing his master's there, wasn't he? And then they had to come up with a reason why he'd be actually staying in Weatherfield. And I think they probably want to keep Summer on the show as well, which means they can't have her going off to Oxford. They want her going to Salford or Manchester university or something or, or, you know finding herself a teenage mother or or something like that so um yeah maybe she's going to have her she's going to get too distracted by her thoughts of revenge for Daniel or or her you know she's going to be all muddled up because she doesn't know what's going on she's not going to be able to have Daniel to help her get to oxford anymore so yeah i think that maybe she's going to um she, she's got tough times ahead and she's going to completely flub her actual oxford entrance exam yeah i i don't
0: think- I don't think you're wrong. I mean the other person to um I'm thinking about here that we had who was very involved with Daniel was uh, Max. Yeah. Is Max gonna be involved anywhere here? Is well, it, it, is it possible that um Summer could uh you know uh unite with Max to bring Daniel down?
1: Maybe. And it, it felt... I wonder whether Max is holding a bit of a torch for Summer at the moment because when she was tutoring him the other day, he seemed like mm. he was getting a bit gooey-eyed over her.
0: Yeah. Why well, can't be. people
1: just fancy people their own age, eh?
0: What's wrong with that?
1: <laughs> should we um, should we move on? I think this this three stories that are kind of all related, we're done with them and it's finally to talk about what some of the other people on the street are getting up to this week.
0: Is it my go?
1: Um, <laughs> yes, I believe it is. So it's Natasha's funeral, and uh, which we didn't get to see oh. any of. Sorry, Natasha. Not only did we not get to see her funeral, we also didn't get to see any of the other uh, Blakemans. Or was it Blakeman? No, didn't. They left. Oh, <laughs> so
2: convenient.
1: <laughs> I hope that Can Johnny gets a proper funeral and think not just a car. I
0: think, it, I think you should have got the signal here. We're being told well, that no, no car- Johnny's
1: funeral. No, but Carla said at the end of... Yesterday's episode, I want to. I'm gonna bury my dad, and then I'm gonna have more me time or something. So it's not like it's not gonna happen. It just hasn't happened yet. But um, I keep hoping. I I think Natasha got as much funeral as the character deserved, which is not very much. (laughs) But we did get to see some lovely, lovely stuff with Sam this week, didn't we? It was like. Wow. I think he's best when he doesn't say anything. I mean, I know he's great when he does speak, but I think this, with his silence, the the mute Sam, the, the serious Sam this week, was just so perfectly done.
0: Well, let me tell you what happened.
1: Go on then, remind us all.
0: Well, it starts off with Sam watching repeats of who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> How about
1: that? I bet
0: he knows all the answers.
1: He'd get a million pounds, wouldn't he?
0: Easily. It's funeral today, and he doesn't want to go. So... Leanne and Nick say you don't have to if you don't want to. He's locked himself in the room later, but he's got his little suit on when he comes back out. Um oh, he looks so, so sweet.
1: Bloody cute and adorable.
0: It was so tragic. It's so honestly so sad because that you know, there's something really charming and um endearing and funny about a little boy in a suit, but you know, the reason that he's wearing the suit yeah. is the most tragic one possible. So it's such a a weird you know really poignant heart stringy moment to see him wearing that he's still not talking they go to the funeral um they get in the car nick and sam do they this is on the street at this point um leanne's not there because she's gone to oliver's tree um they're trying to talk to sam you know audrey's like "Mm, are you all right Mm, how are you how you coping Mm," and he's
2: just just mute.
0: um but then he reaches out and he holds Nick's hand.
1: Between and that and not... Jack asking whether Abby can be his mum, there I know, was but two really this the first time that moments. Sam does
0: something adorable no. this week, is it? No. We'll get to that in a minute. But um, the funeral's over later on. They're at the bistro having a wake. Gail and Audrey are there chatting. Natasha's family has gone because they're like, we're not in the show. We we you know we could stay, but we don't get paid because we're not going to talk. So we're going to go <laughs> home. Yeah. Um, Sam's still being quiet and he's passed this eulogy that he's written for his mum to Nick, to read out. And he, he's read it. Um, and one of the lines that is in this eulogy is, "I've fallen into a black hole and I don't know how to get
1: out." Tell you what, it, Sam's year six at the moment. I think so. He's in his final year of primary school, and um, if he's not pegged for greater depth level of writing, then I, I don't know who is. I think that was some very good, good use of, uh, of metaphors and uh, and word choice and, and to to affect the reader. I, I think he, he's uh he's he's going to do a good job this the end of this year. So I don't think his teachers well, I mean, get anything to worry the, about the, there academically, at least
0: yeah the big drama that's been going on behind the scenes here obviously that nobody's noticed is the uh the battle between the headmasters of um the weatherfield primary school that sam's going to and the one down london way where they both want him in their sats results
1: <laughs> yeah but they do actually don't though yeah <laughs> <laughs> um uh
0: so um back at the hotel nick is still in bits about this eulogy he's blaming himself he came into sam's life and he um, he brought Natasha into Britain's number one soap, therefore, you know...
1: Partly him, he's the blame her. for all the drama that he's been going through, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Exactly. Um, Leanne tries to trivia him up and says, um, well, you know, at least he's expressed himself um, through this eulogy. He, you know, it's a start, it's communication at least. Um, on Tuesday, Nick's like, what, how can I... <laughs> how can I reach these kids? And the only way you can think of is to go to the gym. <laughs> gym
1: I'm going to give anything. him a, a, a banging, rocking six-pack abs like I had when I was just a few years older than him. He's like, look, look Leanne, what he needs is, is birds.
0: And he's not going to get birds with those chubby cheeks. What he needs is rock-hard abs. And Nerds a, don't a get birds. Can, yeah, so he needs to go <laughs> swimming and, and pump some iron. Sam's <laughs> not really interested in that. Unsurprisingly. unsurprisingly. <laughs> Then we get a really cool um, Gadass video phone call. Oh, when's we? the last the time Gabba that we've seen now.
1: Dr. Gabbas? It's been months, hasn't it? I
0: know. And the actress who plays is
1: having a great time because she only has to appear by a video link at the moment. Brilliant.
0: Break it in, that's what I say. With a space um, background.
1: Go... Hmm? She had a space background, didn't she? Which, at the time, I thought, now, that's a bit weird. Why would Dr. Gadass be having a, a this... This outer space background that seems a bit unprofessional but then I later kind of think well maybe she put it on for Sam and this is part of her I'm a child's doctor isn't that wonderful that she put
0: that background on for Sam
1: yeah and if she was maybe having a consultation with summer she'd have pictures of I don't know Daniel yeah in the (laughs) background (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh gosh, I love Doctor Gaddas so much, but she's never going to have her own story, is she? All the other doctors, like Doctor Ali and and Doctor Matt Carter and 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 um the other Doctor Matt before then, they all had their own stories. They were kind of more characters, weren't they? But Doctor Gaddas has never had one, and I don't think she will. But she's probably the longest lasting doctor that Corrie's ever had. So it's all about fits, swings, and roundabouts, give and take, isn't it? With her, we've had her for a long time now, but she's just. Never gonna actually have our own story, which is sad. But never mind. Maybe, um, the fact that uh, I think on the end of Wednesday's episode, they said that they were that Gadass was going to be heavily involved or in some way involved in Sam's, um, kind of getting out of this funk. So maybe we'll get to see her again. And it was not just a little fleeting appearance from her. We live in hope because she's gonna get him a therapist, isn't she? That's right. Maybe they'll just say there's no therapist available, so. I'm going to have to do it myself. Me, Dr. Gaddas. I don't know. Anyway, Leanne, basically, Leanne's story for the week is just realising that she needs to be a good mum to Sam, isn't it? Because she has this...
0: The road to motherhood. Yeah,
1: she has a scene with Steve in the cafe, which is... He gives us some kind of quite comforting words there, which are surprisingly un Steve like or doofusy or anything. It's about being a mum to Sam and stuff. And at um, the, the bistro tea later, Leanne says to, to Nick, Oh, I, I'm determined to look after Sam, which is what we get on, on Wednesday's episode because Simon ends up babysitting him for a little bit. Um, <laughs> Simon reminds Sam that he is also a member of the Me Mum's Dead Club which has basically got half the people in the street in at the moment. I think that yeah, uh, I Simon and Sam yeah, and Ardy and Asher and and everyone are, are in this club together, but there's it, no good because Sam doesn't want to talk to him. But when Leanne comes back later, she talks about this big black hole that was in Sam's eulogy speech and says, oh, I know you've fallen into that big black hole. You've lost your beautiful mum and that's awful. When I lost Oliver, I didn't want to speak to anyone either. And she talks about... You know, when she was a hermit at the start of the year, which I kind of forgotten as well, which is she 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 also went into a very similar um, downward spiral like Sam is, isn't didn't she? And then this is yeah. this is when Simon got himself into the drugs and everything as well. And she says, "Look, I don't want to see you like this. Um, I miss your gorgeous face." And she, and he goes and gives her a, a big hug, a, a hug. Sorry, an Olympic gold winning hug she gets from him. And um and that's basically it. Basically, and um it it seems like the road to him. You know. no, it's not. It's not accepting his mum's death or getting out the other side or anything, but um. Yeah, starting to put his life back together again is 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 finally happened, and that's about it. Leanne says we just need to keep piling on the TLC. <sighs>
0: if only you could win everyone over with nineties R and B bands.
1: <laughs> um, so the, the, I thought this story was fine. There wasn't a there wasn't a whole lot of um, plot. I mean, the, the, it was all linked. It was all. Leanne saying right I'm going to be a mum to you but uh, it was still great great stuff I I loved everything Samwise this week
0: yeah I mean um a a lot of mental health stories on Coronation Street seem to sort of end with and then they went to therapy as though that's you know something that doesn't take work or isn't a struggle and requires no input, and it's kind of a passive process. I mean, we followed... I remember we followed um, Steve through some of his yeah. uh, sessions, didn't we? But a bit. Um, it's it's difficult because um, we don't really want to sit in on every single therapy session um, that Sam has and long, drawn-out...
1: Uh, no, it feels uh, to me like maybe they're just you know, going to pick it up again once he's a bit better.
0: yeah. It's, it's difficult because it doesn't really feel like it does any justice to the to the process, but they're telling a story for entertainment at the end of the day, and it's not very interesting to watch a painstaking reconstruction of somebody's mental health over a series of months or even years. Not always. Not always. Um, and uh, the other thing that they don't really talk about is how sometimes it can be difficult to access these services. Um, in this country um but again i don't know if that we're still at the stage of mental health um needing help for it is is, you know stigmatized and we don't want to put people off from it but at the same time it can be a bit of a nasty shock for people who are seeking mental health treatment or help and um just how difficult it can be sometimes and there are waiting lists and um limits to how much is available for free on the nhs i don't know whether coronation street could tackle a story like that at some point down the line mm. um because it does seem a bit like Corrie. unfortunately at the moment has got to the stage where they acknowledge mental health is an issue but then the therapy ferry comes and uh, fixes all your problems <laughs> and you just have to go somewhere in a room for an hour a week and. Uh, everything's fine
2: yeah yeah
0: i don't know how coronation street can overcome this problem but i think it's definitely worth something it's something that's worth thinking about at some stage not i don't think it sounds necessarily the right person for this story but it's definitely you know can they do that in the future i mm. don't know and if they did i think honestly coronation street if they really talked about some of the, the pressures that mental health services are under would they be then um criticized for putting people off because the last thing you ever want to do is you know if someone's drowning in the ocean you throw them a life jacket but before you do like um before i throw this to you just so you know it might not work <laughs> Are you sure you still want it yeah
1: yeah i oh, yeah i don't know I, I don't know how much of it we'll see i i we i think we all agree that the uh Leanne and, and family need a bit of a break this year so it wouldn't surprise me if uh, we don't get to see a lot of it 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 was very necessary this week's developments to show that Leanne is on his side but I, I wouldn't mind yeah. having a bit of a break everyone just
0: yeah. is, is, wants the best for Sam don't, yeah. don't they and it's um, how nice to be Sam and uh, have so many people rooting for your yeah. um, recovery although not so nice to have a dead mum
1: no not, it's not so good is it no um, should we move on to the next story because um Ar- Ardi isn't the only one that's possibly going to London at the moment, is he? <laughs> remember Danny? Danny uh, um, how could I forget you know you know that other character. Awesome. Uh, we, all, the, we, all
0: the all the Dannys go to London.
1: What's gone on here? This is um this is about this well, job offer, isn't it? I can't remember. Uh. <laughs> I think Cory Cory must know that nobody cares about this story. Surely See, when they write these know, scenes they weren't thinking, Oh they're gonna like, love this. this. I'll be is, on the edge of their seats Street's for this. Premier Will he go couple? to London? No,
0: this is the couple that ushered at us out of Covid restrictions, isn't
1: it? They are, yes. First first post COVID kiss look on at coronation us. Street.
0: What's happened?
1: What's
0: happened now? Oh <laughs> good I might have COVID, you definitely got COVID We're doing the podcast in two separate parts of the house <laughs> And I honestly I think I'm going to blame Danny
1: <laughs> Go on, go on what, Has he been around snogging <laughs>
0: um, Ronnie and Debbie Are still flirting with each other But Last week Danny got a job offer from um Ronnie's friend Who I don't remember the name of Tom was it? He... Huh?
1: Tom, Maybe
0: I was going to say, I don't even think the actor remembers what his character's name is, but okay, let's say Tom. Um, Danny says uh, this offer that he was given because he's so great at cooking um, black pudding scotch eggs that this chef from London wants to recruit him to come down south to show us all how it's done, Uh, but Danny's turned it down. Um, Meanwhile, James is uh, slowly on the road to recovery um, from his injury, and the manager said that he can be in a game next week.
1: Oh, good for him.
0: Um, now, Ronnie stirs it a little bit because Danny, Danny goes off and Ronnie tells James that Danny has turned down the offer to go work in London because he wants to be with him. And, and James is a bit confused because he knows that, uh, that Danny hasn't even brought, brought this up. So he confronts him at home. And Danny says, oh, it's not a good time because you've had such a tough year and I don't want you to be a, disruptive. So, James goes to see Danny at the bistro and tells him, guess what, I phoned this guy up in London. I just looked it up. Tom, chef, London, there's only one. Um, <laughs> and the job is still open if you want it. Because the they always
2: do also...
1: this on Coronation Street. It feels okay. like when somebody doesn't some, like turns something down, then either like a friend or a mum will phone them up and say, 'I'll oh, go on. They didn't you mean imagine it. Imagine
0: how unprofessional it would be to have somebody go, hi, you don't know me, but I'm actually um, Danny's boyfriend. And I just wanted to say that, I oh, know he turned you down, but he really wants the job. And the guy's like, fantastic. What I need <laughs> is a flaky chef who can't actually do his own dirty work and gets his boyfriend to ring up to make job interviews for him. <laughs> it's because it, it's
1: on Coronation Street, everybody works with their family or neighbours and everyone's friends and, and like everybody knows each other and they just assume that, Everyone,
0: That's everywhere.
1: Normal. Yeah, it's normal for people to uh, get to to talk about uh, trying
2: to get the jobs back with their um, boyfriends. Hi, this is Tom, yeah,
0: I'm Danny's, um, Danny's boyfriend slash manager slash sous chef. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <clears throat> Apparently Tom's fine with this. Um, James says you should really go for it. So, um, he also says, if you don't go for this job, Danny, you will end up presenting me because... You could be great. You could do great things in the cooking world. You could be the best world.
1: chef in London.
0: You could be on MasterChef. Mm. So Danny's made his decision. He tells Debbie he's handing his notices. Oh, no. She wishes him well. But she's a bit mad that Ronnie has um, gone behind her back and basically, he, like, what was in it from Ronnie? That's what I don't understand. He fancies Debbie. So he went behind her back to get her... Start employee poached by someone else. I don't know. Not literally, obviously. <laughs> um, uh, Danny tells Ronnie that he and James have gone for an amicable split. So they chat in the room with Danny and James and they're going to miss each other. And Danny says, why don't we become long-term, long-distance partners? And they say, yes. Let's just never speak to each other again.
1: Oh, gosh. This story was so pants, wasn't it?
0: It was a bit weird because like is this, like, is this
1: a... getting rid of Danny or cuz he's already a like, recurring role and now he's not even going to be in the same I half don't of want the
0: country to be mean to anybody but I think that if it's if you're like trying trying to decide whether to break up or go long distance I think you should probably just break up
1: if it's on the table
0: If it's like well should we break up or not like just do it then
2: Yeah it's not, not exactly. But
0: that you're like, oh, I don't know, because I looked up how much it cost to go on the train from Manchester to London. It's quite a lot of money.
1: It's not exactly I romance of the century, up. is it? Honestly, and then who Dan- cares? And then Danny's
0: like, but I've got a train car. I've got a, tra- a train line car. I get third off.
1: I was just... Was like, oh, OK. In the back of my head, I was just secretly kind of hoping that James would say, you know what, I'll come with you. But oh, I've heard they've got
0: football clubs in I've heard
1: London. they've got football in London. They've got quite a few footballs uh, in football. London. No, we have to. We have to. Got yeah. You know, pair up with James for a little bit longer. But I did. I did
0: honestly think when when Danny says let's give this long distance relationship thing a try, I was thinking no, please don't. Why can't you just? What is this? Is this Coronation Street worrying that they need to let us down gently? Or I think yeah, I think we're really boring, invested in this. like one-sided James conversations where he's just nodding as, as Danny tells him about his latest sous vide adventures, and every so often. James just says football, and then we move
1: on to a different mm. scene. Oh, I don't know. Let's. I. I don't think we need to give these two any more airtime. This is what Sorry, happened. Guys. Sorry, didn't didn't grab us this week, but we do have a new couple on the block, which is Tyler. Because um, <laughs> we got we got Fizz filling the girls. Uh, Fizz is back on the scene properly again, isn't he? After this um, environmental stuff last week, which I was right in predicting that nobody gave two hoots about this week. Did anybody mention the environmental cars or the bypass along the red wreck or anything like that this week? No, Michael.
0: Nope. I'm sorry. I think you're fine. That they solved it in um, down in Woolford.
1: Oh yeah, th- thank goodness for that. By not eating. Meat. Just
0: everybody just eats uh vegetables on a Monday and pa dam I mean pa-dam!
1: <laughs> And then the bypass problem well. Anyway, so so uh Phil's just basically from, um making himself um indispensable to, to Fizz by like picking up the girls and, and also just being generally brilliant and um he 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 wants to if hope asks him to help her with her solar system project, which is I don't know whether this is a space project or an art project, or you know, I I don't know whether. And as a teacher, I think there's particular worth in this, but yeah, they're going to make a space project. Then Tyrone says, "No, I'll do it because I'm just as good a dad as that Phil is," Um, and he makes a model of the solar system, and um, he's and he's getting annoyed about how great Phil is, and basically nothing particularly but wednesday is when it um starts to develop more with this new mum on the scene because ruby has been invited to a party and she's going along to be with the younger sister of the person whose party it is which is somebody in hope's class maybe that hasn't invited hope basically hope's getting um getting blanked by the children in her class and all the mums, which we've which we've had which we've heard of before. And um Tyrone says, It's alright, I'll I'll take Ruby along to this party again, trying to make himself useful to Fizz. And um when he's there, this mum, this mean mum called Penny Says, oh, I'm really sorry. I couldn't invite Hope, but what could I do? We could only invite eight along, and we had to pull names out of a hat, and it just wasn't Hope. And Tyrone knew that she didn't mean it, and she just didn't want Hope anywhere near her precious daughter. And the mums like, oh no, 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 no. The other mums be like, that might be like that about Hope, and the school might be against Hope, but not me. I think Hope's great. It's sorry, but them's the breaks. And um, Tyrone basically takes her to task and chews her out a little bit and later on after tyrone's taken ruby home another mum this isla comes up to him and says oh i saw you um you giving what for to to that penny at the party well done we all hate her what a bitch she is um fancy going out for a drink sometime so they get Well, actually she takes them and her daughter and uh and and, and hope to the cafe for a milkshake doesn't she but um things start to get good for them and they're going to go out for a proper drink later and when tyrone tells fizz this at the end of the episode tyrone's like uh no you can't go out with isla because what if it goes wrong and um and hope loses her only friend in darcy and that was basically what well, that was a, that was a not very um, articulate way of describing what happened in that story but i could tell as i was saying it but that's basically what's happened tyrone's got a new woman but should he be going out with her
0: because... knowing what we know about the fact that it's probably doomed to failure and that it's going to cause fallout in the playground when there's already a lot of precarious issues with hope at mm. school because she's an arsonist and possible baby killer
1: yeah i i think that fizz was probably being a little bit out of order and i you know i i, know I have been a fizz supporter throughout all of this but um I think that she should, if she's got a Phil, she should let Tyrone date who she wants, and you never know what's going to happen.
0: I you... think it was. I think it was obvious to me that Tyrone hadn't actually thought about this, um, and that he no, didn't realise to... that it would cause a problem, and he forgot. And I think Fizz did need to bring it up to him, like just be careful. But um, she obviously did it in typical Fizz fashion yeah. and uh, berated him. But he... <sighs>
1: He didn't he does need to consider it, but you can't just never go out with anybody just in case it goes wrong.
0: I think you'll find you can she she's, what, moved she's moved on with phil
1: she's moved on with Phil. Tyrone spent the whole week feeling like a bit useless compared to phil but, so why
0: why sorry, not but is it really time for Tyrone to move on? He's bounced from bed to bed. does he need another woman instantly? Can't he just put his pants in with Kevin so Abby
2: can do both of them?
1: <laughs> well, she—Isla's the one that made the moves on him, isn't she? And she's she's a what beautiful woman. does she have? She's a lovely I looking woman, so I movie. wouldn't turn I wouldn't turn down Isla if I was Tyrone, oh, to be really? quite frank. You no, her out of bed. No, no. Um, so I don't know. I Isla isn't striking me as someone who's gonna be a, a long term character anyway, so I don't particularly mind either way, but yeah, I did think so that Fizz is being a good So Tyrone should be careful.
0: This is like look Tyrone, watch out. She's not a special guest actress and I don't know that she's gonna be a long term person. I've looked at a contract, she's not got a year's worth, so I think she should stay clear. Mm.
1: I um tell you what I liked about this story, best bit about this story <laughs> was the uh, the pun off that Phil was having with Tyrone about pennies earlier in the episode.
2: Because <laughs> you got this nasty penny.
1: And, it was really cringy, it, wasn't it? it? was just hilarious that Phil was just rattling off all these penny-related puns, and then Tyrone... I can't remember what he said now.
0: He, like, laboriously sort of chanted out one
1: or two, didn't he? Yeah, and, uh, which could completely fall flat. and
0: <laughs> That was
1: very funny. Um, and also, and I didn't realise this at the time, so thank you to Nancy for mo- pointing this out on Facebook afterwards, but the actress who played... Penny, um, Emma Stansfield, had been in Coronation Street before playing Ronnie Clayton, and this was like 15 years or so ago. She was the wife of a gangster that Steve and Vikram were getting caught up with, wasn't she? And, um... You like
0: to refer to her as a gangster's Marlo, I believe.
1: Yes, I. I. She. She, she was. Which I absolutely. She was the one that went well. uh, driving taxis
0: around, didn't she?
1: Yes, she was. So she was I. Like, oh, I didn't.
0: My husband won't let me have a job.
1: I didn't notice this at oh, the frankly, time as I was watching it yesterday. But shy, okay. yeah, she has been in Coronation Street before, and in fact, and I saw this on Coropedia earlier, um, and I quote from Coropedia that um, Emma Stansfield is one of only six actors to have played a regular character in the programme and then gone on <laughs> to make a subsequent appearance in
0: a separate role. And who are the
1: other five? Um, I did ask David from Chiropedia earlier and you did tell me, so thank you very much, David. But apparently most of the Claytons, and I'm not talking about Ronnie Clayton, I'm talking about, um, you know, the, the Clayton family in the 80s. A lot of them went on to be something else. Obviously, Bernie yeah, really? Winter, Jane Hazelgrove, used to be um, a Clayton, oh, yeah, did In Coronation Street, so she's definitely one of them. But I think I think the dad Clayton and the mum Clayton back then were also uh, turned into other characters. Um, and then you got... Mark Casey, who we mentioned on the podcast earlier, the old oh, yeah. mechanic, he went on to be um, Jackson Hodges' dad didn't he? Um, the, oh. the father of the guy who Bay had a baby with you clink, You're clinking your ice cubes again, Joa.
0: <laughs> sorry do
1: you want me to stop no um and then also um you know you know edna miller in the in the um... I've, got no, just say, I've got no idea
0: how what it sounds like because my ears are plugged with
1: headphones <laughs> you remember edna miller who we just saw a little bit of in the late 90s who was that maudlin rovers cleaner who ended up yeah. dying um when she came Being her back own twin. yeah yeah she came back and was her own twin sister at, at the funeral so that that counts as well just about <laughs>
0: so in, interesting, interesting stuff
1: yeah i i, I quite nice enjoy it. i i enjoyed this story for its um you no know, well it was fairly low stakes compared to everything else that was going on it made a nice breather from the from the RD and summer and daniel you know more high drama stuff uh-huh. and, it, and it was just felt like you know relatable family stuff so no, nothing too exciting particularly but i'm glad we had no. it I'd have rather I had more of that and less of Danny and James, i tell you. But, um, yeah, it was fine. And then we, we, we finished off the well, week with what?
0: Yeah, talk about relatable, Michael, because Wednesday, um, I think you'll find Carla's having a bit of a mare with the fact that Americans insist on writing the dates incorrectly.
1: <laughs> they do, though. They just keep doing it, can't they? Smallest yeah, to largest. So day, month, just... year cut. Come on, Americans.
0: It goes in order... It goes up, you know, in order of length. mm Johnny Gonnor. So this was on Wednesday, and it turns out that, that Sarah discovers there's an order that's overdue because Carla's read the dates wrong because she thought it was the the day I, I've had this <laughs> a few times. But there's a company that I work with who were taken over by an American company, and now they write their dates the wrong way around. It's like we all know this isn't right. Why are you doing <laughs> this to me? Why are you you know this isn't right? Put it round the other way. <laughs> um, Sarah says. <clears throat> Sarah's starting to think that Carla's not really coping because you know her dad's just died and everything. Um, so uh, Peter talks to Carla about it and says that Sarah's worried. Um, and basically, at the end of the day, Sarah has to go. At Sa- uh, uh, Carla has to go at Sarah for interfering, but agrees that she's going to take two weeks off and does it at the most inconvenient time, which is right at that very minute.
1: Even um, though they've got an order due in a few days.
0: Yeah, but Carla doesn't care because she thinks it's next month. Um, Peter and Jenny agree that Carla has been working to avoid thinking about Johnny. And Carla comes in and Jenny says to to her that Peter's worried about her and they all are and they're gonna have a funeral for Johnny and then Carla is gonna be a lady of leisure. The end. That's the end of Johnny, I think.
1: That that is that is the end of that. Yeah. Oh well not necessarily important this is why I think maybe something is going to happen next week because it felt like this was the warm up to something I don't know whether they would have needed to have put this on Wednesday's episode if it wasn't going to I appear again next Monday, week I think on
0: Monday Jenny's going to be like oh what a lovely service so how's Carla doing and on her retreat in Borneo
1: well we'd have to wait and see won't we and we've got to wait cool. a long time because that was the last Coronation Street that we get until in fact I don't think there is even a Monday episode next week I think it's like it's I think it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday or Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday or something. So we've got a big old gap at all. We get to find out what's happening here. Is it? But yeah. yeah.
0: I can't believe this. I'm so mad.
1: Bloody football, eh?
0: It's not. No, it's because I was thinking, um, oh, wouldn't it have been lovely if um, we could have had like a weekend away this weekend because we didn't have a Friday to do. Mm. And then we, you get COVID and ruin everything.
2: Yeah, sorry
1: about that. Right, what are we uh how are we ranking this week's episodes then? What are we scoring at? I um I found definitely that Monday and Tuesday's episode were really, really solid episodes. Um I, I didn't find Friday uh Wednesday, sorry, grabbed me quite so much. Um and there wasn't like mega, you know, explosions or stunts or, or anything like that, but for some of the really cute moments, like with Abby and Jack and with, with Sam at the funeral, all of the Ardy stuff I enjoyed. Really it was just the um the Danny and James stuff which, which let the week down. Um I I think honestly I'm gonna go for poor oh, I'm going to give this um oh, I'm 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 gonna give it a four. I'm gonna give it four defenceless four year olds who've been physically and mentally abused out of five. I was happy with this week. What about you? Four out of
0: five.
1: Four, what? Four out of five, yeah. So, good Good week. <coughs>
0: hmm. No, I, I agree with you. I think it was a pretty good week. I enjoyed it. I thought... Um, it tugged uh, yeah, at the I, heartstrings
1: I thought... where it needed to.
0: Yeah, I... It was I, funny I've where never... it needed to be. I've never... Um, I've never been complete, a very sentimental person, but uh they managed to get me in like a one-two punch with with jack and um sam and it was very unexpected from jack and abby with the whole oh, you be my mum, or you know i want to adopt you because I, I really um had the impression from abby that she wasn't that bothered about being a mum again but it's a very charming little relationship between her and jack um and, yeah, I just thought it was lovely and it came from nowhere, but it still made me feel and, yeah. you know, I know that there's been... Um,
1: well, even the stuff I with... I would say that I was just Jack gonna... is a
0: very compelling character oh, no, no. at the moment, but it still managed to move me despite that.
1: Even the stuff with, with Ardy was quite moving. When he was, was kind of open, opening up to Dev and he was having the tears going down his cheeks and, and even some of Kelly, because, as I said, I'm not... What? I was ever so slightly moved by Kelly's plight, even though uh, she's she nope. brought it on herself. What? Can, what... You,
0: can you stop and edit this, please?
1: <laughs> what score are you giving it?
0: I'm going to give it four too, because I I thought it was I really did did like it. Um, there were very there were lots of really sweet moments, really great performances, great scripts. I really like Leanne um, telling you know Sam I, I know you've fallen into a black hole and. Um, hold these lines. Uh, lots of lots of conflict being built up. Lots of things to talk about. Um, characters sort of moving towards or away from each other. I mean, I cannot believe that Danny's going to get a job in London. I'm worried about those
1: two. Uh, <laughs> what are you giving it for? For what, Gemma?
0: <laughs> for Olympic gold winning hugs. Aww. Now, this was who was this? Said this?
1: This is Leanne who um, who, okay. who said that Sam was giving her one.
0: Okay, because let's let's be let's be honest here. It is possible that Sam and Jack could both win the Olympic medal for um, the gold for hugs because um, Sam can be in the Olympics and Jack can win the Paralympics.
1: Yeah, I think Jack's more um, going to towards the sprinting, for. isn't he? Huh? I thought, I thought Jack's more of the track and field at the moment with his uh, with his running.
0: Uh, I don't know that there is actually a a um. An event for hugs but would it be athletic I don't know <laughs>
1: um, Karen... would it
0: have to start a whole subgenre of erotic games <laughs> what <laughs> I don't know you're the one that went there
1: um, what should we have for um... I
0: honestly, do you think that Jack is like the, the only person on Coronation Street who has a legitimate um, possibility of getting a gold medal at the Olympics or do you, do you think that James could end up being on the Olympic football team
1: oh yeah probably
0: as long as that Danny doesn't hold him if back. If he doesn't
1: get that manager's job at Weatherfield County, then that's probably the next uh, step for the character. <laughs> I'm going to give uh, I'm going to give Ardy my character of the week. I think could have been Sam, but yeah. you know he didn't say anything. Um, yeah, me too. I think I'm going to give
0: it to Ardy. He's it's really interesting. What a fantastic character he's turned into. A fantastic performances from Adam Hussein, just knocking it out of the park such charisma works so well with Dev and Asha it's like they've been a family the whole time honestly
1: yeah, yeah absolutely what a
0: fantastic performance what a great actor and it, and, and what a great it's, character it's
1: interesting as well how I'm still in my head whenever Summer does something I'm thinking oh Would the old summer have done that? Is that is that in character with the old summer and everything? And I can't quite let it go, uh, despite the fact that everything that Ardy's doing is nothing like the old Ardy. But I don't care. I like I've consigned old Ardy to the bin now. Sorry, Zenon. um, And it's it's like like Adams Ardy has been there forever, and I I couldn't care less how yeah in sync with his old character. Yeah,
0: you're you're completely right. Isn't it weird? What is the why? Why are we? So judgmental. Is it because we liked Old Summer so much? I don't
1: know. Maybe it is, and we didn't. We didn't really like Old Ardy particularly. There wasn't much to like, to be honest, was there? It's it's very no. and and then you and then you got the new Todd, who again we haven't seen very much of recently, no. who we've slowly been able to um, to warm to, and I, and we actually quite like Gareth Pierce's Todd now. And
0: uh, but I also think it's fair to say that we projected a lot of things onto Old Summer that weren't necessarily part of what her character was supposed to necessarily be
1: I don't know I don't know
0: either but um we certainly um ascribed meaning to some of her you know her mannerisms um that weren't expressly laid out in the the script would you say
1: yeah maybe maybe
0: So, so perhaps we had a different impression of what Summer is supposed to be than Summer was supposed to be um I don't know, but uh, you know the trouble is that the, she's at an awkward age, that character where they're throwing her storylines that aren't necessarily going to endear her to us anyway.
1: Mm. And, and then also with Summer, I still can't quite get out of my head how she doesn't. She looks older than she's supposed to be.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I you know we're both very much <laughs> self-professed nerds. Um. But you know, you're looking at these characters, you've got a cast of like uh teen teen characters and you've got, you know, vandalising their dad's car, getting done for murder, uh bloating sex tapes to the internet, and then you've got I'm doing my Oxford um interview and I'm worried that I haven't got a, a good a good book to read. You know, it's not as <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I fancy my teacher.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know what you mean. Right, shall we, uh, shall we move on? Shall we be done with this street talk for now and then uh, go on to the news segment of the podcast? OK, right, welcome to The Cabin. We've got lots of news this week. We do have to start with some sad news, unfortunately, and some Get Well Soon news to Victoria Ekanoi, who played um, Angie Appleton a couple of years ago, because uh, it came out this week that she has got breast cancer at the moment and she's getting herself a double mastectomy early next month. Um, so she she came on the podcast a couple of times, didn't she, for an interview, Victoria? She was a, She was a supporter of the podcast. Um, so we definitely definitely send her all our very best wishes and hope that that issue gets itself sorted out. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully she'll be she'll be back on her feet again soon. Um, she she talked. I think it was in um was an OK magazine maybe this week. She was um saying that she found the lump while she was breastfeeding her son Theo. So um, thank goodness that it was it was found out. But she also had to go through three doctors before the case got picked up. Um two two doctors said no no you're fine um and the third one was the one that found some cancerous cells. But because Victoria's um family have got a history of breast cancer, her mum her mum Candy and her sister um also had it at a similar age, um, like late late thirties, early forties. She, um she kept on persisting and um yeah, eventually it was found. And um well, yeah. Best of luck and get well soon. What what more can you say, really, for well, that?
0: Well, what you can say is check yourself, learn what the symptoms are. If something sure doesn't feel right,
1: keep, keep insisting.
0: Persist and get, get second and third opinions. And you know yourself better than, than a doctor does. Unfortunately, they don't have that much time for people. Don't worry, but just get it checked.
1: Yes, exactly um okay so moving on then and um oh just before we get to the next main bit of news we we talked last week about the um the the expansion bit of the curry set didn't we that's opening last week something that we didn't pick up and i think coronation street blog um found this little nugget out there's going to be a coronation street themed cafe at the newly (laughs) reopened curry tour well if i didn't want to go already i mean this has sealed the deal for me we need to be there and try everything on the menu
0: well, I just really hope that they put some effort into it because I've seen lacklustre um, uh, offerings at you know themed events and tours and things, and they need to put effort into making this a bit more themed than um, than yeah. just your bog standard. You know, you need to have Eccles cakes. You need to have like
1: cream um, horns.
0: They do, yeah, they you can have your stand. hot pot, aren't you? If they don't have hot pot, they'd miss a trick. But Problem. I can understand if it's a cafe, it might be difficult to to offer it. But there aren't very many think...
1: actually curry themed foods, are there? Or if there are, I think there'd be too obscure references for people to get. I think that they and I don't know anything about how it's going to look. I think they'd they'd be they'd do well to like dress up the cafe like Roy's Rolls, so it feels yeah, like I mean, you're in that's there. One and, idea. and then it's Another not just... Idea
0: would just be to have um, some kind of. Deli or cafe that um, showcased regional food and supported local businesses because then they could pat themselves on the back for that, couldn't they? And they could say, Oh, nothing here is from anywhere within five miles, further than five miles away because it's a commitment to green. You know, they need to think, they need to seriously think of what the theme is and stick to it, whether it's, you know, northern cuisine or um, mimicking the you know what you'd buy in the rovers or the or the or um roy's rolls or even speed dull mm. um another thing they could do which actually would work really well which i bet they would never would do is to just serve what's in the canteen in the, that they serve to um the people that work at Corrie. oh yeah yeah because honestly people would so buy if you went hey listen guess what ben price loves this People <laughs> would buy so much of it, you know? Because, say, this is the actual food that they serve to the ITV Corey Stars. People would buy it in bucketfuls. You reckon? And it wouldn't be, surely it wouldn't be that difficult. Just, you know, make extra.
1: Yeah. You might be right. I. I don't know. I, I I imagine that they'll just want something they can go through like very quick because they're going to have know, hundreds, simple, hundreds of thousands be, of people, which is why price, I think that if they, I think that if they think how can we make people believe that they're in Coronation Street, then theming the decor to be like Roy's Rolls or even like the Rovers. Wouldn't be a bad thing. So you can you can serve whatever you want there, and you still feel oh, yeah. like you're Oh yeah, this in is Ron a this is
0: a very authentic chilli jam halloumi and pesto. Roy's rolls panini <laughs> that he definitely would always
1: serve. <laughs> Maybe. And thought... it's and it's nine ninety
0: nine. Well, and hopefully, if you want crisps, it's an extra two pounds.
1: Hopefully, it's not going to be long before we get to find that out. But um, it, that's that's going to be opening next year in um in uh, in Manchester. But if you are in the area this Christmas, in fact, about a month away, you might um you could do work. Well and I mean going along. a month
0: away, Michael, is eleventh of December, so you we're pretty much into Christmas the Christmas know, period I then know. aren't we?
1: I'm just trying to build up to my next news story here, which is there is a Coronation Street fan event going on on Friday, the tenth of December, um, at Moston Small Cinema. So this is up in Manchester and it's a, it's an event by the miners' community arts and music, um, company and andy Steele, who was a big big curry fan that we spoke to on the podcast earlier this year and they're doing okay. this four four hour long um coronation street themed fan event they were going to do something last year for the 60th anniversary but then you know covid and all that meant that they couldn't really do it so it's now a 61st anniversary celebration and um it's, it sounds like it's a, a very, very cool event. Honestly, um, it
2: sounds awesome. It
1: really, really does. It's, it's certainly something that I would want to go along to if we were able it's to. It's on a Friday. It's, it's a Friday night. It's in, it's in fact the weekends that we're due to be recording our 500th episode of the podcast as well, because that is <laughs> coming up very, very soon. And uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's too far away for us to go well, to, it's, unfortunately. You know, it's five hours
0: in, in the car to get to Manchester on a, on a Friday night and do yeah,
1: Unfortunately, have a job. Sadly, have a job. Yeah, but you um, can't get out of. But I, I, really, really hope that somebody who's listening to this—I mean, we've already got a few ideas. Some people on our Facebook group have already said that they'd quite like to go. Oh, I want to oh, hear absolutely. all about. it. I this. really hope that some people can go. If,
0: this is, who are to this? This is the this first so Coronation Street
1: fan event in the UK yes. since probably that Corrie Fest one that we went to. And when was that? 2013, 2014. I'm saying fantastic. 2013 I want more for that. Like
2: this to- to happen. Please. So do I.
1: I really, really hope that things like this happen again. I hope it does goes well. So if you are in the Which Manchester Salford area, get yourself along to this. Go. Um if you if you so, go along to the Most yeah. Small Cinema Facebook group or that we've put links on our Twitter and everything, you can find out about it there. And but honestly,
0: there's can I just say one thing also if yes. you're the sort of person who um, might have to go by themselves and you're worried, you know, I won't know anybody, I am too scared, I bet if you go you will have a brilliant time because you'll be surrounded with people and you've got a perfect way to talk and connect to them, Just think mm. about how easy it will be to, to start conversations with people I, um, just by going, hey, what's your favourite podcast? If <laughs> they say anything other than Conversation Street, you just punch them in the face.
2: <laughs> well,
0: I, I quite like the idea
1: people. that, you know, we've, we've built up a bit of a community around the podcast over the last few years, haven't we? It? it would be nice if, like, a table... At the at the event could be for Conversation Street listeners because they're going to have maybe. a quiz there. So maybe Conversation Street fans can get together and be on a quiz team because this is this is what Andy Steele's this is his contribution to it. He's going to be running the quiz. And, Yay! Um,
2: this is so fun.
1: Yeah. So I there's I don't know um I don't know what Cory prizes they're going to be. Although I did also see on Twitter today that um Glenda is donating some Cory books um as as prizes. Cool. I don't know whether it will be for that great quiz. Books. Yes, she has. Um, so you go along to that. You can you can have some Betty's hot pot um yeah, and also there's going to be some classic episode screenings and if you are a yeah, fan yes. of Conversation Street and you are on our Facebook group you'll be able to have a say into what episodes will be screened which is very very cool because uh, uh, we were contacted by the people running this a couple of weeks ago saying well is, is this okay can we get the podcast listeners to pick some episodes for us and I thought brilliant it's lovely that we can get involved this way so at the moment we're kind of we've been asking what sort of episodes people would be interested in um adding to the poll so at some point over the next week or two we'll be uh, popping a poll up on our Facebook group we'll we'll pin it to the top and we really hope that as many people as possible can vote for this so because um the one or two episodes that get the most votes will actually be screened at this Coronation Street fan event um I just, I think that's really really cool
0: yeah I do as well I think it's great um and also just just so you know they're not just serving Betty's hot pot, they're also serving soft drinks and alcoholic beverages. Oh, good. So get... Oh,
1: gosh, I really wish that we could go. I really wish we had to do it.
0: I know, it's so, it's so it's really frustrating because um, we just can't do anything in Manchester on a no. a day
2: that's
0: a school day. no. <laughs>
1: But, uh, you know, oh, maybe we'll have to have our own little com- uh, convention next summer when we have a 10th anniversary of the podcast. Well, maybe know. we
0: can have, like, a holographic um, shrine or something.
1: <laughs> um, OK, I'll let you take the next bit of news here, Gemma. What's, what else been, what's been in the right, sun I this I haven't week? read this,
0: so this is very interesting. This is news to me. Um, from the sun, you have found a story that says that Corrie and Emmerdale stars have been told they can't get into anything that might bring ITV into disrepute on social media. Now, I'm pretty sure that this is... Um, uh, has been a long-standing rule that they've had to be reminded of because I'm pretty sure that there's a scandal going on with somebody in Emmerdale that was um, kicked off of the show because she was on OnlyFans.
1: Now, that was somebody in Hollyoaks. Um, oh, OK. Well, the, the Mirror also ran this story, but they kind of led with the the um, old oh, soap stars oh, yes, have, been, yeah. have been banned from going on to OnlyFans. But yeah, they, they quoted The Sun and The Sun article was all about, no, you can't do anything that's going to bring ITV into distribute. They said you can't do can't promote cosmetic surgery diet products adult entertainment alcohol gambling tobacco vaping fireworks financial products so um, and we know that the the soap stars do like or some of them do like to do their own little side you know gigs uh, promoting bits on Instagram or, or what have you um, which courier are okay with as long as it's clearly is an adult an ad advert sorry and they don't advertise in Many character of them
0: don't the Guidelines. Most celebrities that promote things aren't very good at doing that. Um, So this person is Sarah Jane Dunn who was on um, Hollyoaks playing Mandy Richardson. Mm. Now I guess uh, people might get a bit po-faced about this but these are all things where people can be taken advantage of and um, screwed around with so I think it's fair to say that um, it's a bad move to have somebody you know especially if it's this you know a, a soap or a tv show where children watch and they look up to characters they might like them and aspire to be like them and then they see the actor and they can't really discern between the two and they say oh yeah come and get a nose job you know mm.
2: and
0: so you know the, the kid doesn't need that and they you know all of this stuff is not not great is it wasn't that the
1: thing cry, with but... um jack P. shepard or was it alan holsock i can't remember but I think it was Jack a few years ago with his um his hair transplant.
0: Be careful what you say if you're not sure.
1: No, I, I know that, uh, that Jack P. Shepard definitely got his hair transplant done, didn't he? And and uh, and I seem to remember there well, being a something different... about oh, why you, you're you not really allowed to be doing this, Jack.
0: Well, there's a certain difference between saying hey, I got my uh, you know, I don't know, I got oh, I'm trying to think of something I got my toes clipped at this beauty parlour and it's great, versus hey, this beauty parlour paid me £5 to tell you to get your nails clipped there.
2: Mm.
0: <laughs> you know, there's definitely a difference between being paid and and just doing it organically. And it's, very, it's a very murky world because you're never really sure, even if it's not a celebrity, if it's just an influencer or anybody, yeah. why they're telling you to, to go and use this product.
1: Yeah, what I found interesting, which I hadn't really considered before as well, was um, the fact that, according to this article you can earn, if you're a soap star, you can earn a heck of a lot more money by doing things like that than actually being in a soap.
0: There's so much money to be made influencing. Yeah. Not not entirely a um, fabulous way of going about stuff if it's things that, you know, are harmful to people.
1: Mm. But if you're... I,
0: some, I guess if most you're, of these things, honestly, in this category fall into... To things where people can very easily be manipulated into things that they shouldn't necessarily be doing
1: yeah i was I'm just thinking that you know all the all the Cory stars have got their guaranteed annual salary haven't they but then you hopefully you you're gonna get extra episodes which will get you more cash but if you're one of these if you're an actor who this year oh it looks like my character isn't being used very much and I was kind of banking on getting a little bit more then it's not really a surprise that sometimes they do turn to I honestly kind of thought thing.
0: they weren't allowed to do the stuff like that, because it says this reports says they haven't pro- banned promotions, mm. um, but I, I do think they're a bit restricted on what they're allowed to do, and I honestly think that's probably correct.
1: Well, yeah, well I know I know that they're allowed to go on other TV shows, aren't they? Um, especially ITV shows, which is why you get people on, on the I'm a Celeb and the Dancing you know, on Ice and everything. Know okay we've got one more um i know we've got two more things to talk about on the on the new section this week and um this next one is for anyone who's a fan of the coronation street novels that have been coming out over the past few years the maggie sullivan novels and um, if you haven't read the land girls of coronation street yet which is the most recent one that is out in paperback in a month's time like four weeks 9th of december you'll be able to get your hands on that i quite enjoyed the land girls of coronation street it was uh some of it was was he set away from Weatherfield, so it was a little bit different. It was alright.
0: it you to come and work on the allotment?
1: They did it? it. didn't, no. Um, and the next um, novel in the series is going to be out on the 17th of February, and this one's called "We'll Meet Again on Coronation Street." And what was weird about this one is because like, you can see a picture of the cover of this on Amazon now, and it says rather than instead of saying Maggie Sullivan on the cover, it says Maggie O'Sullivan. So I, I don't know what's really going on there but we do have a synopsis for this one and and this may well have been available on Somebody's the internet trying to get for a passport
2: to
1: get out, <laughs> um
0: being being a at... Italy.
1: This one, this uh, synopsis may well have been online for, for ages but I'd not read this before so um, I shall read it to you now and see if this one, uh, tickles any of your fancies. After years of war, the residents of Coronation Street are looking forward to saying goodbye to ration books, blackouts and bombs. However life is slow to change and they are still waiting for the good times to return. So I'll just pause there a minute. I'm very interested in the fact that this is a new book that is set post-World War II and it's only just a little bit but so many of these Coronation Street books that have come out, even going Back to the Darren Little one um, back in the 90s, we're all wartime, and so now we're finally out the other side. Um, but the star- Can I just
0: say another thing, also that I think there's a bit of a blank spot in Coronation Street non canon um, fiction or you know made up history uh, between. 1945 to and, and 60. 1960.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So this is going to do go way into filling that gap. I mean, it's it's not really a gap because Darren Little knows everything that's ever happened on Coronation Street between 1902 and where is
2: uh, and he now? now. But Where's
1: um, his book? <laughs> and we'll find out what Darren Little's been getting up to in just a second, actually. But carrying on this um synopsis, the star of this one is Ida Barlow, um, and because each one of Maggie Sullivan's book is like taken and a a classic Coronation Street character and kind of fleshed them out. So we had, like, we've had a Hilda um, book. We had an Annie Walker book. We had an Elsie Tanner book. And this one is about Ken's mum, Ida. It says, was Ida Barlow... I'm
0: make sure that you say that
1: it's Ken's mum. <laughs> Ida Barlow thought that she was happy to have her husband back from the war. Frank can't understand that his wife has no intention of giving up her new independence to wait on him hand and foot. Wendy Collins, a new arrival to the street, wants a fresh start, but struggles to fit into her teaching job at the local school. Elsie Tanner's latest fella has put a spring in her step. She thinks the rest of the street need to pick me up too and they are soon planning a trip to Blackpool. The folk of Coronation Street have waited a long time to let their hair down. Will sticks of rock and Kiss Me Quick hats be enough to bring them all together again?
2: Don't
1: know. I don't... Well, you'll be able to find out in February, Gemma, because like I said, 17th of February. We'll be able to get our hands on this book. That actually sounds
0: really good fun.
1: It does. It sounds, sounds like a fun one. I really...
0: I really like the fact um, that there's an opportunity to explore some of the social issues in a a similar way to Coronation Street Um, because obviously, you know, World War II saw loads of women having to to, to take up jobs that perhaps they never thought they would ever be able to do. And then when the men come back and they're like, right, Mm. go make me me a body.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) Um, Okay, well... Or pre-order it's now order if that. you want to, um, and then finally something that you can also look forward to in a little bit closer to, to now is the um another Coronation Street and EastEnders crossover because in Children in Need, which is taking place on the 19th of November this year, we're going to be treated to a little skit where Steve McDonald has a date with Janine Butcher on EastEnders, and um they they have it's like a <laughs> crossover with Coronation Street and EastEnders and also the First Dates program. Um, and, and they're going to get together and have a date. And this was written by Darren Little. Did you know that
0: Darren Little writes for Extenders because he wrote one of the episodes we watched with our crossover with Wolford Weekly.
1: He does. Well, yeah, he used to be big. Uh, he used to be the archivist on Coronation Street, didn't he? And now he's oh, yeah, uh, I know that. <laughs> now he's an Extenders writer, so he's uh, he's got a chance to write for Steve McDonald's again after all these years, and um, oh. that, that's quite cool. But you can you can see a little preview of it, and um, it's kind of funny because apparently. I, I, Janine Butcher, she's also a bit of a wronger, and she's been on she's been on EastEnders on and off since 1989. It's exactly the same year that Steve started it, which is quite interesting. But she's she's a proper baddie, and she's she's like tried to kill one of her husbands or something, and um, so oh, she she's wow. also got a string of men in her wake in the same way that Steve does with women. So I think maybe <laughs> putting those two together for a date is uh, is quite funny. But, um,
0: what a funny idea!
1: Yes, well, we've only got a week to go to find out about how children how that's going to go. It's not. Well, I just think it's nice that Corrie is doing something with children in need because quite often, um, Eastenders will do something from from what I can yeah. tell, and, and Corrie doesn't always get involved in that. Cause it's a BBC thing. But anyway, I oh, know. But every year, Michael, we do. You know,
0: we we pay money for these children to because to, they've got these needs and then fix them all, and then the next year, new children, more children
1: off. just spring up, don't they? What part, can they do about well, it? part of that is Steve McDonald's fault, isn't it? Can't keep it in his pants. Right. (laughs) Shall we go on and finish off this podcast with a bit of feedback? Right, we have nearly reached the end of this podcast. Our our first long distance podcast. I mean, this is probably like how Danny and James feel, isn't it? they're going to have to do can, their podcast so make it work so. to show them the way <laughs> um, thank you for everybody who voted on our Facebook poll for um, last week's episodes of Coronation Street 3.41 out of 5 was the average score and that included um, people like Lindsay who gave it 4 Southerners and their hummus out of 5, <laughs> what we like um, Judith <laughs> who gave it 3 beige men and pastel cagouled women and um, Jonathan was my pick of the week, he gave it 4 turnstiles for Maria's bedroom door out of five, <gasps> shocking, I know. She right, first email here we have got from Susan, um, Susan from New Zealand, who says, "Hi, my friends. Do you get a spooky stalking feeling when I refer to you as friends? <laughs> do you, Sorry? Gemma? I think I like it. No, I don't. I love it.
0: I think it's great. I want more friends.
1: Well, so do I. I've got so few friends in real life that I, I appreciate all the friends that I can get at the moment. To be honest, with yeah, through more podcast, than I, I, well, I think we've got a lovely little community of podcasting I listeners want Christmas here. Christmas then." i definitely i definitely definitely do not mind if people who listen to this want to be our friends um Susan suggests that Daniel could be a podcaster. Do you think that daniel would make a good- pro- i think that he'd uh, be a bit uh, i don't know he'd be i don't Can think it's the sort be of be podcast that I'd want to listen I think to we are as well. I think he'd be a bit pretentious. Anyway, quick random feedback about Sally and Tim painting the front door with white that echoes the lands of the villages of Italy. I love this exchange, except if I was in the props department, I'd have had green moss removed from the kickboard and had a bit of masking tape on the edges. Would have taken 10 minutes and would have so lifted the scene. (laughs) If you say so. (laughs) No good me stating a character of the week as I'm behind, but a bit of a shout out to Sally who seems to be getting her mojo back. Thanks for your continued company on my lockdown walks. No worries, Walk Susan. The season. No, don't Lift take those me... knees up. <laughs> um, thank you very much for emailing us. Thank um,
0: you, Susan. Sean, I'll do you return, want to read Sean's? Go on. Um, yeah. Uh, you brought up on episode 495 how Curtis reminded you of someone that seemed like a nothing character and then turned into an interesting one. For me, I keep going back to Ken's grandson, James Cunningham. As I'm sure you remember, he started off as, look at all the good work to do with charity next be threatening Amy when she caught him with a property assessor. Curtis has been giving me the exact same vibe for some time now. James' change seemed to have happened overnight as Curtis seemed dodgy from day one, but I'm still getting a very similar vibe from him.
1: That's interesting. Honestly, Sean, I don't remember very much about James. I know That's that... a
0: really good um, comparison to make though, because we, we kind of floundered for somebody who's mm. similar and the only person I could think of was Jude, but this is a, it's sort of a throwback, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I I don't remember much about this. I mean, we were obviously watching Coronation Street back in what was it, two thousand and ten, two thousand and nine, when um when Ken's family was brought into it. But I don't, it's not stuck with me whatsoever. So that's not what I was thinking of. So I saw somebody else suggested Andy as being a bit of a nobody character when he was um when he was Gavin. You know, when he was Gavin Rodwell, and then when we found yeah. out that he was actually not Gavin Rodwell, he suddenly became more interesting then. And I can't remember whether we thought that he was a bit dull when he came in, but. I was definitely thinking of somebody and I still haven't figured out exactly who it is yet. Um, anyway, thank you, Sean. And then um, thank you also, Sean, for your congratulations about our new house. It's lovely. Yeah,
0: it's good job that we've got a big house
1: now. Yeah, it definitely is. So we can split each other up. Um, split ourselves up from each other. <laughs> Nancy um, uh, is, uh, enjoyed last week's Coronation Street. She said that um, the way that Corey was arrested was not the most exciting, but she was still surprised by it. And Gary was so slick. The scenes between Abby and Debbie were wonderful too and Nina giving Abby away was a beautiful moment. I think that Abby and Imran affair will impact an Imran more than Abby. What do you think about that, Gemma? Do you think that um, it's going to be worse for Imran than when the truth eventually comes out?
0: Oh, I don't know, because I think what you've said before made fun of um, Kevin for sort of needing Abby more than she needs him, even though she doesn't realise it. Um
1: i I think that kevin is I think he's more likely to say i, I
2: think we'll I he's more likely to forgive her back. i think he's
1: but especially with yeah. with jack there i I don't think Toya's necessarily got well, no. anything to lose by this splitting a, up with with him right now. Well, not as much to lose as Kevin would do because Jack's now got this new mum yeah,
0: this is a complication isn't it her her adopting jack mm that that anchors her even more. Kevin.
1: Yeah, and and I uh, and I mean, you, you shouldn't need to have to be told this, but Abby's not been given the same chance as Imran has to confess. Do you have any more secrets? Because Toya can say, "I gave you the opportunity to tell me everything, and you didn't." Kevin hasn't had that little exchange with Abby yet. and I know that she married him and everything, and that probably would have been a good opportunity goes, to. <laughs> should,
2: go should, should should
1: go without yeah, right. saying, but. Toya, script-wise, can bring it up. Mm. Um, Kelly shouldn't have got off, uh, Nancy says, because she didn't call the police to help Seb. And the best part of the climate can change storyline, remember that, everybody, was the banter between Maria and Tracy. Um, I'd like to see a Sally versus Maria campaign for councillor. And she also says she enjoyed the EastEnders climate change story as well. Yeah, that's just completely dropped off the radar, really, didn't it? considering it was part of an ongoing story before the whole crossover thing even started
0: it will be back
1: it will be it's just like we were saying last week how so few people so few characters seem to care that the Red Wreck this place that they all go to and is so important to the community is possibly going to get a bypass um, built over it nobody cares about that and now not even the people who were campaigning against it seem to care about it this week I don't know Oh, well. Oh, well. Do you you want to read uh, Rebecca's messages out here and then I think it's time to call it a day?
0: Rebecca says, as much as I'm happy that Abby and Kevin finally got married, I'm worried that it won't last due to the one night stand with Imran that will come out. Even though Abby keeps saying she doesn't want anything else to do with Imran, you know they will find a way to one another, but the truth will eventually come out. I, however, loved the wedding and thought it was adorable that Nina walked Abby down the aisle. I'm also on Jim's side about Gary. I loved how he drove Corey to be arrested and also how he stroked Hammy the hammer. <laughs> if he wasn't invested in Kelly due to Rick, I would think it was weird, but he think he feels a bit guilty over Rick. I also love the firework being set off for Seb. That was cute. Even though I understand the sentiment in the climate story, I also feel that Maria wasn't the right spokesperson. And I also felt a bit preachy and shoehorned in due to the soap crossover. I did appreciate seeing Fergus again and also Phil, although I really hope we don't get Windy fizz again, supporting Maria. Phil being on the council was a bit of a surprise, although it wasn't too controversial. Speaking of controversy, Curtis is lying so much, and <laughs> if he is being genuine, I will be shocked.
1: I was disappointed. Mentioned- I mean, I I, I I did enjoy this week's Coronation Street a lot, and I think the Curtis story probably would have dragged it down, but I am getting like a little bit frustrated that Still, no. We don't know what's going on with that. And the longer you leave it, it's like this. A better be <laughs> this. A better be big. It a better be good. And if after all this, it just turns out, oh, he is actually really faking it. We're like, oh yeah, we've no, we've guessed that <laughs> this months is, ago. Yeah,
0: this is what happened with Shona when she came in the show originally, and she was, um, who's it, mum? Clayton. Yeah, and it was so obvious for ages because we got left with so long a time to mull it over.
1: Mm. They just need to. Anyway. They just need to nothing to tell us.
0: Rebecca says, when he mentioned about taking paracetamol, I was like, I could have said that. I don't understand his motive over the proposal, though, unless if he's married to Emma, he gets a share of everything she owns so half the money that Steve is offering Emma. I did appreciate Tracy's comments and uh, it's good to see Kate Ford back as well. I want Danny to move to London, but in popular opinion, I don't want James to go with him. Mm. Also, why is Uncle Ronnie so interested in Danny's menu? (laughs) Finally, I... Don't know if I'm ready to watch Sam at Natasha's funeral, although I did appreciate Nick and George's scene. Character of the week is Abby, and I give it three Recycled Men by Maria out of five. Really <laughs> enjoyed the Abby and Corey stuff, also Sam at the end of the week, but the rest was a bit meh.
1: Yeah, it was meh is what I would say last week's was, really. Uh, I, I, I I gave it a two or something. I was like really harsh last week, and I don't think anybody on the Facebook poll voted as low as me. But there was a, certainly a range of opinion on last week's Coronation Street, and uh, I've put this week's poll up already, so people are voting away on that. And um,
2: I hope I hope it
1: does well because I was pretty pleased with this week's Coronation Street, and it was it was funny having it you know three days on the trot. I quite enjoyed that, considering that you know in the summer when we had to blast it all on Monday evening, I didn't like that. But um, I did quite like a string of three days where we know we had some Coronation Street to look forward to in the evening. Good. It was it was just a bit of a pain watching it on the floor in the hall crowded around yeah. a lap no not crowded around a laptop screen spaced away from a laptop screen because i couldn't sit next I think to you it's the word you're looking for. yeah it did give me a bit of a bad back watching curry this week it's true but um, it looks like we've got that next week as well possibly haven't we so um next week's coronation conversation street episode 497 will um i don't know if, if you if gemma has got COVID, i guess i'll be able to sit next to you and record a podcast with you next week won't i but if not we'll be um we'll be phoning it in a bit like we are at the moment and um and then we'll be back to normal the week after that. But who knows? Thank you, everybody, by the way, who has sent in all their get well soon messages and everything. Um, I I posted on on social media about the fact that I got poorly. Just cause I want to say, look at my look at my lateral flow test, everybody. And um, we have had lots of nice messages of people telling me to that they're hoping I'm not feeling too bad. And um, I'm really really not feeling too bad. A bit a bit under the weather, but that's as far as it goes really. Thank you very much. Vaccination. I think if I hadn't been vaxxed at this point, I'd be a lot worse. But I think that's it, Gemma, isn't it? It
0: probably is.
1: I think that is probably it for another week of podcasting. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for writing in conversationstreet at gmail.com is where you can write to should you wish your comments to appear on this lovely feedback section. Uh, Please do go to iTunes and give us a review if you haven't done that already. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. Go and join our Facebook group. It's lovely and remember when you're there at some point you'll be able to vote um, for which episodes you think that they should be screening at this fan event next month. Um, Don't forget we're also on YouTube. Um, Just earlier this evening actually we should have put the Brian um, Tilsley character profile back on youtube from episode 140 of the podcast because he got a bit of a shout out recently and um don't forget if you um want more conversation street you can always sign up to our patreon and um i suppose at some point soon we should get um november's patreon episode out as well shouldn't we maybe still think about organizing that while i'm off school um, there's one other thing that I was meant to mention at the end of the... Oh, yeah. I was going to say about the... Uh, we had our uh, our special Squid Game episode as our bonus podcast this week, didn't we? That was quite fun. Yes. <clears throat> so... You clear... Just but... doing You're all right?
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, we had a special episode this week where uh, Gemma and I took 30 of our least favourite characters and brutally murdered them in a variety of creative ways, leaving just one surviving a la Squid Game, so um, I hope that everybody who's listened to that did enjoy it. We haven't had very many people commenting on, um, on whether they enjoyed it or not, but um, nobody's criticised it either, so I assume it went down all right, or either like you just ignored it. don't really mind either way. Gemma, do you have any final words before we, uh, before we finish with the evening?
0: Um, yeah, we're going to be um, starting an OnlyFans, so if you would like
1: to join us <laughs> for that. Yeah, we're not banned from it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. That's, that's, that's the it. way that we're going to... Um, we're, we're not really. That's where we're going to get our kicks And then when, when me and you are separated, aren't we?
0: Well, we you can join. You can join
1: my OnlyFans, and I can join yours, and and oh, that's okay. and that's how we'll right, um...
2: so
1: <laughs> right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, I, I guess this is going to be put put up online on um on Friday at some point, and um we'll be back next week for more Conversation Street. So before that, uh, until then, goodbye from me. Goodbye
2: from that's me. That's your cue,
1: Gemma. <laughs> See you, everybody. Goodbye. The music for this Hi. episode came from podcastthemes.com